What's up? Jason Tatum here. Ball up wherever you are with NBA 2K Mobile. Playing game events to collect NBA legends and rising stars to assemble your dream team and settle things on the court. Download NBA 2K Mobile now on the App Store and Google Play. Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. These digital episodes, intros got to be different. You guys know who's on the screen. Riv, Dells, John, and we got Pee Wee in the building with us. NBA Awards show. And I'm, I'm going to just let you guys know right now, all NBA teams for me was very difficult to break down, as well as the defensive teams. Bro, you were already telling us in the group chat you're doing so much extra work for these all NBA teams. So much extra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of, I don't, at this point in my life, I just do it and I let it. Somebody gonna disagree. Somebody gonna have something different. Yeah. So at this, I don't really stress myself out about it. It was a little tough. The defensive team was super tough because it's a lot of guys that was deserving, and you yeah. kind of had to let them go. But who cares? Somebody else to pick them. So yeah. how's how's everything with you, Pee Wee? How's how's life? Everything is going good, man. Um, kind of exhausted. It's been a it's been a fast and long season at the same time. It's been a lot of pointless basketball being played. I'm so happy to finally get to the playoffs. All this talking about this team, that team, that player. We get to get to the playoffs where everything matters. Um, no more MVP, past stat and conversation. All of that, all that stuff be weak. I'm ready to get to it. Who yeah. is gonna be them teams? Who's gonna be them dudes? that's gonna step up. Who's the real deal? This is where it all matters. And then, boom, we go to the best part, which is the offseason, rumors, draft, and all of that. Yeah, lately my days have been filled with arguing with Austin Reeve fanboys. <laughs> it's that time of the yeah, year. It's, Today, that, it's exa- <laughs> that exact time of the year. Today I received a comparison, um, well, a tweet, and it was like, well, listen, Draymond Green, Drew Holiday, Kyle Lowry, and I forgot the other player he used. They were like, in year two, Austin Reeves has better stats. Draymond Green. Actually, you. And I'm just like, nasty. oh my goodness, man. He oh he used Rajon Rondo as well. Him too, yeah. And he because you know our guy Never John over guy. here, our guy John contributed to the Austin Reeves conversation. But I'll admit that it was going on before him. He just kind of put a little bit too much pedal on the gas when he said Reeves can be the third best player on a championship team. But he gave an interesting stipulation if he has two top ten players in the world <laughs> in front of him, which he. Sort of does with LeBron AD. He could be the third best player with his pick and roll usage. Yeah. <laughs> I missed that episode. Gladly, gladly. I haven't watched no basketball content for like the past month or so. I, I missed that one, thankfully, because I don't. The Austin Rivers stuff. I mean, Austin Rivers. I can't even get his name down. Austin Reeves stuff. Yeah, we was talking about it. Uh, Mike on my podcast. I forgot what he was saying. I, I just, I'm so detached from that conversation but he was saying something similar something outrageous and i was just like bro enough is enough enough is enough he's a good player though he's a, he was always yeah. been a good hooper even yeah. in oklahoma but relax yeah i think he's a good player too i just do think he's getting a bit overrated but on the bright side of things johnny davis is, is finding some confidence back <laughs> that time <laughs> and, of the year that not nah, that that <laughs> i'll be honest I'm taking that very. I'm taking that very seriously. I'm looking at no, that like, all right, cool. You're crazy, bro. Yeah. You know why nice. you're taking that serious? And this is why I'm glad I'm picking side P because I can really. I ain't got to act like a guest. I can really talk on here. You saying that because me and you liked him. We did a lot. <laughs> and it, it, it's a bad look that how bad he was playing. But 
I'm, we cannot hold on to 10 games. That's what Wizard fans going to hold on to all season. The last 11 games, Johnny Davis was doing this, that, and the third. I'm happy for him, yeah. uh, but it's, it's like about time, bro. About time. That time of the year, y'all. You should have been cooking up. I'm just glad that maybe this leads into summer league and then the second season, and he plays well. Get some momentum. You know? This shooting guard class is really good, though. You have Shaden Sharp, Malachi, Brandon, Matherin, what we thought was going to be Johnny Davis, Jaden Ivey. It's really talented, for sure. Who y'all like out of that bunch? I'm a Malachi Branham guy. I don't think mm. he's going to be you like the him best. The most? Oh. No, I don't. I think after what I've seen from Shaden Sharp with these past 10 games and like the past 15, I think that he has the highest ceiling for sure. Malachi, I just like his game. He reminds me a lot of Karis LeVert. Mm-hmm. I'm still riding with Jaden. Still going to ride with Jaden to the wheels fall off. The improvement is there. That's my dog. I'm st- Shaden nice, though. Shaden's mad nice. But Jaden... I stuck with him. I'm gonna stay with him. He he cool for me. I'm gonna ride with him. Yeah, I wonder what that's gonna look like once Cade's back. How his well, we're going to the final with Cade. Yeah, because that's gonna be different than what he's doing now. Different responsibilities. I like Shade and Shane Sharp has been. We're going uh, AV, um, IV, Cade, Brandon Miller. We're going to the chip. You know how it go. Okay, right. we going. We're going move. to the chip. Okay, you know I'm a Detroit fan. Duran too. <laughs> yeah, Duran. Yeah, Duran. Yeah. Oh man, Shade and Sharp is that dude though. Shade and Sharp. I yeah. think Shade and Sharp is gonna be. An elite player. He's going to be a top 15 to 10 player in the league one day, I think. He is that good to me. Now, he gives me shivers, bro. He's mad nice. Yeah, like, he is crazy. The bounce is right. so ridiculous. They just got to get that, that man out. Once they get that man out. He's going he, he gonna to be like, yo, boy, he's going to be like Jalen Brown to me, like the trajectory where I think he's yeah. going to get. Oh, he'll be boom, better. Boom, 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 boom. He'll be better than Jalen? I think I Jaylen will. Brown got game. He'll be Which better than an NBA player? He all NBA by default. Borderline. We ain't going to let that slide. We ain't going to let that slide. All NBA is all NBA. (laughs) Shaden Sharp, to me, is extremely talented, and and so is Anthony Simons. And that's why I think that I understand Dame wants to stay loyal to Portland, but if I'm Portland, I'd want to move off from Dame. Get as much as I can from him right now. Shaden Sharp is going to develop nicely in year two. Anthony Simons, when Dame doesn't play, averages 27 a game. If you have a backcourt of Simons and Shaden Sharp, with a bunch of young assets and draft picks around them, I think that could be that could be a team that has a higher ceiling than what we saw with Dame and CJ and what they had for multiple years. Shaden could defend too. He he ain't no slouch on the defensive end. Like off ball, he is. He's nineteen years old. Oh, off, you know, off ball. You know, when you young, you ain't you ain't good off ball. But on ball, he he's got the he got the tools for sure. Six six, long arms, athletic. Man. So tonight, the Lakers are facing the Suns. And we have a boom pick here. It's LeBron versus Anthony Davis points. Who's going to score more, LeBron James or Anthony Davis plus one point? Kevin Durant is out. So who do you guys think is going to score the more, most points this game? Isn't the whole star in five for Phoenix out? Yeah, no, I don't think anyone's playing. Nobody's playing? I didn't know that. I don't I'm think pretty sure Aiden's out. Chris, yeah, KD, Chris Paul. I might go AD. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go AD. I think LeBron a coast. Uh, especially with the way he was playing last game, you know, had a bad first half, great second half. He was amazing. But I, I don't think they're going to send double teams at AD. I think AD going to eat, especially if Aiden's not playing. So they're going to have the backups in. So I'm going to go AD. I'm going to go with Anthony Davis as well. Um, maybe Bismack Biombo can do something. Who knows? Bismack Biombo. <laughs> he's, he's so serious. Um, <laughs> but I got, I got Anthony Davis. I think LeBron will coast, but – I wish the Suns would have played because I really was looking forward to the Lakers losing again. Ain't no with KD, man. You've been, you never know. I saw I mean, you, I you've been in your bag with the Lakers. 
Listen, Josh Akogi. Yeah, I, what I've been doing recently is I just whenever somebody wins or loses in this big time game, I just try to find a meme that matches like whatever happened. <laughs> then I just like post the meme and then I just get off Twitter. I'm like John Cena in it when it comes to Twitter now. Do y'all remember that that playoff series that got Bismack Biombo paid when he just was grabbing boards, blocking shots? He got, got a paid. lot of people paying twenty six. Yeah, he, he just got whack after that. Like he just for real. <laughs> He blocked out. a lot of shots. That was Charlotte that gave him the bag. No, I think that was yeah, Charlotte gave him the bag. I think he was Toronto. They played the Cavs, I think, or Miami. He got paid in Toronto. Yeah, I think he left, but he definitely yeah, he went to Charlotte. Yeah, he went to Charlotte or did sh- he? I think went he to went to yeah. He was on okay. Toronto though. Charlotte be like they be biting a the bullet, man. They did that with him. Hey, Lance Nick Batum, five years, one hundred twenty million. Nick Batum, Gordon that was Hayward. Nasty. Nah, Nick Batum was nasty. Did they, did they do Lance Stevenson too? Was that Lance? Yeah, Stevenson? they took oh, Lance Stevenson. And Nick Batum was was an awful contract. Yeah, it was ridiculously bad. Oh my goodness! You could finesse Charlotte oh, no. easily. So Boom Fantasy, they're now in Minnesota, so you guys can go download it. Use code PAS for a risk free entry up to ten dollars. And yeah, they're now in Minnesota. While I was in the airport in Atlanta, I placed some picks on Edwards and McDaniel's, and I, I took the under on LeBron. The person who messed up my ticket, though, was Anthony Edwards, unfortunately. He needed one more three. Mm. And we also, we're also doing, we're doing a <laughs> giveaway now for Boom Fantasy 2. MLB season just started. MLB The Show is out. Xbox, PS5. So only for new people to Boom. So if you're in Minnesota or whatever, if you sign up, first-time deposit is risk-free. If you deposit $10, let us know your username. Automatically entered into our MLB The Show giveaway. Let us know in the comments. We'll be giving that away at the end of this month. Dells, can I enter this one this time? No. You're not a new user, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, hey, join I- that. MLB The Show is, 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 is the best what game if, out if right I, now. What if I get uh, my girl to join? New user. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Zara could definitely be in for sure. Uh, fun to win that. Pee-wee, you be you be over there killing Pee Wee Hernandez. You be, be you saw you saw Hernandez out there, man. You saw Hernandez out there. He, you know, he he they they saying he might have taken steroids, <laughs> but but the cat ain't out the bag. What's yet, your position? Uh, I got a bunch of positions. I got a center fielder, a third baseman, a second baseman, a catcher. Yeah, I got to get MLB. I heard that shit is fire. I downloaded. Man. I haven't even opened or I haven't played it yet. Yeah, it's yeah, fun. You just got to you gotta stay you fresh, gotta man. Yeah, yeah. You got to grind it. It, it was, can get a little tough. I was thinking of bringing my PlayStation to my girl's crib, but I ended up not doing it. Luckily, Ooh. she though, she has a Nintendo Switch. So I just downloaded NBA 2K23 on there. <laughs> <laughs> on the Switch? <laughs> yeah. You got to get GTA. That's what I play on my Switch on a flight. I play GTA. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely going to download that next. She needs an SD card, though, because she doesn't have enough memory. Y'all like mm. to be y'all like to be up on a flight. Like I, I take an edible before I get on the flight, and I just pass <laughs> out. I can't be up. I'm scared of heights, so I really can't be up on a flight. You don't like flying. You're scared of heights, so you take an edible while you're on a flight. Yeah, it puts me I to feel sleep. Like that make you tweak. No, nah, it puts me to sleep. Puts me right to sleep. Like I used to be like that, but you take so many flights that you can't, I can't be scared, and I can't, I don't do the edibles and all of that shit more. I had a conversation in Vegas, like the first summer league I went to with the dude who found House of Highlights, Omar Raja, who's with ESPN now. Shout out my boy Omar. And he was like, yeah, I used to have crazy anxiety. And he said somebody told him, which made me open up my mind. If you think about it, are you scared when you get in the car? 
No. More car accidents happen at like times a hundred compared to a plane incident, crash, anything. They're like your chances of getting into a car accident are extremely higher than any plane situation. That's so true. if you're comfortable to get in a car every single day, any time of the day, a flight ain't really shit. I mean, I know it's high, but it's a dumb high. It's, yeah, just the, yeah, yeah. it's just the control factor for me. Like, I feel like there are more variables I can control when I'm in a car versus on a flight. Oh, yeah. I, like, I have no control. No, you're like, done. Once a flight That's when down, you're, you're driving done. the car. But if you're in an Uber, if somebody yeah. else is driving, or even if you are driving, and I don't want to put this out there, but I'm just, this is the world we live in. You can't control the other cars. So if somebody driving drunk or, you know what I'm saying, if they tire go out, you ain't got as much control as you think. I've gotten into two accidents because I, I've I've stopped at a red light and somebody hit my bumper from mm. behind. Damn. Yeah, one of them was a big ass truck, man. I never I remember it precisely how it happened. I was at a stoplight and I was listening to this Bradley Beal interview on Twitter, <laughs> and I, this is why maybe I'm not a biggest not the biggest fan of Bradley Beal. Some horrible shit always happens to me when I'm some, something is attached to Bradley Beal, but. Okay, I'm watching this Bradley Bill video. I'm stopped at a light. I'm about to look over, and then bam, a truck just hits me. And I'm like, fuck. And I like my head almost hits the wheel, but it, I, I was uh, a little bit too far. Good thing though, I'm short, but I don't sit close as fuck to the to, to my wheel. Like okay. I I that I'll be tilted back a little bit, you know what I'm saying? I get a perception mm, that I'm leaning, a little taller than leaning, I am. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, but driving like that stopped me from hitting my head on the wheel. So, you know, that's why it's good to drive a little bit lean back. I just know when you get on a plane, if it go down, you're done. There's just no No, that's also another thing. Did you never saw the video? It was one recent where they had some type the plane engine stopped and they still landed it successfully and nobody was hurt, yeah. bro. You oh, see people know, like laying in the water and shit. Shout out to Allah. You got it. Yeah, you got to like, you got to go find those stories because mm -hmm. those are far more than like the plan. Because, yeah, when I used to, yeah, I used to be the same way, bro. It's just like, it's you in the air, you're not controlling it, the plane can crash, yada, yada, yada. But the the, the math is on our side. Yeah. I'm gonna look to, start off, to start off the show. We're going to do pick aside best and worst takes of the year. We're going to go year round. And, and listen, I, I don't know if because the way we did this last year is that each of us gave our best and worst takes. So I don't know if this year we should change it up and we should maybe listen, Dells, I'll give your best take and worst take. And, you know, <laughs> Riv gives mine. You know, we could just go like that. And I'm going to start with you, John, because I feel like, John, you're you're a historian of the show. You know what everybody says and doesn't say. So I want you to go roundtable first, round starting table. with me. Best take of the year. What do you think, John? <laughs> Joel V. Moran's best take of the 2022-23 NBA season would be, drum roll please, the Sacramento Kings making the playoffs. Now, I had this as well, then I backed out last minute. You stuck your ground. You had them making the playoffs. What seed, out of curiosity? I had them being an eight seed. Okay. That's why I don't we'll give I don't, it to you. You're higher than anyone else. Yeah, that's why I don't pat <laughs> myself on the back too much for it because they exceeded my original threshold. But yeah, I had them. I had them making the playoffs. Nah, like brother, man, you need to you need to stand on that because we all had them bottom of the barrel. So yeah, yeah, I had them like thirteen <laughs> seed probably. Yeah, we all had them <laughs> bottom of the barrel. Joel had a second one though that a lot of people did not appreciate. Desmond Bain last year broke out, right? Should have won most improved. And um, 
Joel predicted that Quentin Grimes would take a Desmond Bain-like leap. Now, Quentin this year is not averaging 17 points per game, but he has been on fire, and he's averaging upwards to 20 points in the last couple of weeks. So, Joel, you know, Quentin has been a little bit too high of a bar to put on him. I think that was among all the sophomores this year that struggled. One of your better takes as well. Yeah, I think that I think Quinn Grimes is going to be to me is comparable to Desmond Bain. I know the numbers aren't there, but when I view those two players, I view them in a similar light. And people have to understand that Quentin Grimes totally changed his game with the Knicks at Houston. He was somebody who had the ball in his hands a lot and with the Knicks. He's a spot up shooter. And now that he's had an elevated role with Brunson and Randall out, he's showcasing his ability. And I think that it's a good time to be a Knicks fan because Emmanuel Quigley's balling, Quentin Grimes is balling. The only disappointment really is RJ Barrett and even him, you know, 20 points per game. You'll take it even then. But yeah, I think that the Knicks are in a good position. Sounds like I say that every year. Quentin Grimes is my favorite Nick. It's not even close. Over IQ? It's not even close. Over who? IQ. Yeah, yeah. From Yeah, 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 yeah. Based off what I like, I mean, IQ is playing better. But Quentin Grimes is just, I just, who can't he play with? I love those type of, if you're not going to be a star, be somebody who can play with anybody, any team, anywhere, and he can do that. And like like you just said, he changed his game. The dude is a child prodigy. Mm-hmm. He was supposed he was. to be like... But no, I, I, I like it, man. I like it. Quinn Grimes. I got to give me a Quinn Grimes jersey. He's going to be a Nick for a long time. But you said it, P. I think we were we were on the show when we talked about Imani Bates, and you said that not everybody in the NBA can be a star, superstar player. You know, a lot of guys that come out of high school and are these high school prodigies want to continue being that. But sometimes the best thing for them is to just play a role. Yeah, that's funny you said Bradley Beal. I, just, I woke up this morning and seen Bradley Beal talking to his AAU team. I feel like he go viral every time he talks to the team. I got to see them did. play. He be on their ass. This team got to be garbage. Because I need to the, I, I the, the sure. way he be talking, but he was telling them that. He like, man, a lot of y'all worrying about y'all numbers. Y'all not going to be scores, bro. Like, you're not going to be scores. He like, y'all checking y'all stats. I don't know why. Them, them of us weak. They garbage <laughs> stats. I don't know why you check. You need to figure out how to contribute to winning basketball because nobody in college is averaging a dub right now and doing it. Like, that just don't really exist. You're going to have – some guys every once in a while, but for the most part, college players ain't really just out there getting buckets too much. They must um, be ass. They gotta be, man. They yeah. gotta be. They either gotta be ass or they're not dominating the way yeah. he thinks his program should be dominating. Now, Dells, best take of the year for you, my friend. Honestly, I don't hear you talk about more m- much teams other than the Celtics, but I mean, <laughs> you guys on the truth. You, I was, you. I was, before you go, sorry, before you go, I was looking at my Twitter the other day and I was like, if I would not follow this person because I just pushed straight Celtics agenda <laughs> propaganda, nasty, nasty stuff on my Twitter. But go ahead and go ahead. I, I think, you know, the best take of the year outside of having the Celtics the number one seed, you know, I would say you being low on the nets. What's I think that's nets? your best take. You not being high on the nets. You you not being the highest. I think you know I gotta give you that victory, even though it pains Yeah, a little me. Celtics Nets robbery kind of fizzled out at the end there, unfortunately. Ah, uh, yeah, you know it's lucky for the Celtics it did, but yeah, for sure. Lucky for the Celtics, lucky for the Nets. Would have lost two years in a row. They would have bust y'all ass this year. Yeah, they would have. I don't know. Gonna, I'm not gonna get uh, maybe someone else, but never mind. I'll, I'll save it. Well, what are you gonna say? <laughs> I was going to say my Jalen Brown All-NBA. I got laughed at beginning of the year when I said Jalen Brown All-NBA. I got laughed at and I said, just wait. Now, did he get a little lucky that 
He's been playing forward more than guard. Ah, you know, we'll take it how we get it. At the end of the day, the end of the day all NBA is all NBA. So it doesn't matter what position. If he's in, he's in. Dell's had another good one, too. Derek White, 15th this year in Raptor. 538. Derek yeah. Derek White. How about that Christian Wood, Derek White debate we had, Riv? Okay. Okay. I'm glad we, we can move past that. What was the debate? Go, I don't, I don't have remember that. for the Mavericks. So I don't, it was I don't, just it was yeah. just who's a better player. This is the conversation about contributing to winning. <laughs> yeah, it's a fact. I don't have no real love for Dallas, so it doesn't hurt me that I was wrong. You know, so that just kind of. Yeah. Like, for Pee Wee, I have the best take of the year. Oh, I was gonna say it can't be no bad takes. I don't do those. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey! We I'm speak. just talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> we got nah, Pee Wee. The other day, um, you follow through the wire clips on YouTube. Yes, I follow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Through the yeah, wire. Yeah. Th- does through the wire clips rock with y'all? He watch y'all. I'm not even sure. Through the wire clips, I am very. I follow him. And he put out some shit that was saying like he was supposed to get interviewed or something by by people or whatever. And I'm mad at through the wire clips right now because I went and I told the team, I told HOH, man, that shit ain't right. You know, y'all can't be promising people certain opportunities and shit like that. And don't hit them back. They they go out their way to make shit right. Something was going on. We've been having like a, a like a merger that, that kind of slows stuff up. Um, it's real confusing. It's like we Turner, Warner Media, teens, it's just crazy. I, they say, okay, we're going to make it right. He don't reply. They emailing him, setting up meetings. He ain't showing up. TTW clips. What's going on? But that's <laughs> another story. I just had to say that. Recently, it, they've been popping up on my YouTube, and I'm just getting like a bunch of the compilations. Oh, yeah, me yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah, he nah. say shit before I was a professional. I ain't really kidding. You know, just being a, a drama uh, king. I will say this: I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go into depth about it, but that made me understand your admiration for Ben Simmons. Because I, I, yeah, I called Ben Simmons uh, MVP. He was gonna win MVP in his second year. <laughs> <laughs> but our best take i would say is james harden all nba you know we both were on this we're on the podcast last year and we said listen we think james harden is going to be back to an all nba player and although he might not make the team i think it's more due to the amount of talent that exists in the nba currently and not because he's not deserving because he is deserving he just there's a lot of great players in the nba right now so i think that's another really good take Thank you, man. Thank you. I don't think he made mine off the top of my head, I don't think. But he definitely played at that level. He definitely played at that level. I, I hate to see the Achilles stuff, too. It's kind of like James Harden is getting a little little bit older, which kind of hurts mm-hmm. hurts me to see our players getting older and dealing with these small-time injuries. So, um, But, yeah, yeah, he took, he took it up. Now, the playoffs. They say he don't show up. It's time to show up in the playoffs. He has to show out. Riv, his best take of the year, man. You know, it's tough. He's because got so many. I don't know, man. I just, you so say many so many, you say so many takes. I said sometimes, so many takes. <laughs> sometimes, like, I, when it comes to Riv, this thing about Riv, he gives analysis for everything that we do. Every topic, <laughs> he's given analysis. But when it comes to projecting a couple months down the line, I don't know how many takes of that magnitude Riv has, but I will I will name two. One of them is a moment, the Kevin Durant moment, definitely. The Kevin Durant moment, the debate that me and Riv had, 
I was very I was very saddened to to go back to that video and to see the top comments say that Riff cooked me bad. <laughs> I, I saw that comment. I was like, fuck, man. It was really that lopsided. I was like, damn. But that debate yeah. came out of nowhere. People don't know about that. We were we had already finished recording like a two and a half hour long podcast. It was not about Kevin Durant at all. And something I said triggered Riv into just getting into this KD debate. <laughs> and then the podcast ended up being 30 minutes longer. And it was just like such a heated atmosphere. And it was definitely felt. And, and Kevin Durant kind of responded to it, which is pretty cool. So that was yeah. a good moment. But I would say the recent debate we also got into with the Grizzlies and the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, that, that was, was a good one. You know, it's interesting. I don't, I don't make many takes because I really don't like projecting. Uh, I'm project. I'm project this playoffs. I will say the Kings. I was really, really wrong about. I did violate for them to be really, really wrong about. Um, you don't, apologize, don't sleep, Joel, because Memphis and Minnesota. I told you. I told you about Memphis. Slept. I told you. And Dells, Kawhi's back. I told you. Don't sleep. I Go Clips. You. Better than uh, the playoffs about to start, baby. Uh, no way, the way, hey, the way Kawhi's been playing recently, I got nothing to say about that. that boy, <laughs> we'll see how it plays out. You know, in all honesty, when it comes to the Western Conference playoffs, I'm fine with any team making some run. Well, you outside like of the Lakers in the West, bro. Out, like, if it's if it's yes. not the Lakers, I'm fine. Half the West is pushing agenda because Denver, <laughs> Denver, I'm fine with the Suns. You know, I would like to see KD get a ring. The Grizzlies, although I wouldn't root for it, uh, if it happens, it's whatever. Minnesota, of course. The Clippers, yeah, you know, it's whatever. The only team I'm really actively rooting against is the Lakers. That's the only mm -hmm. team that I'm actively rooting against for them to make this deep playoff run. That's hilarious. That's is that was, based off their fans? No, 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 no. Don't lie. You know it is. Um, it is for me, it's, for, it's the fans. It, it's based more um, so off of Drew. <laughs> Drew's a fan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. A fan. <laughs> just, just how Drew talks about the Lakers on the show. And by the way, he's not on the show because he's at Disney World. We forgot to mention that earlier. Exactly. But Drew. that um, it's because of that mostly. Because every single day, every single show, it's – the Lakers are the 12th seed. The Lakers are the 11th seed. You know, it's all oh, the Lakers are the 11th seed. We're coming. They all the same. Like I, Mike on my our podcast, the Mike fan, he's the same way. They act like they don't have championship aspirations and be doing backflips for the play in. Like it's, yeah. and if it was the Knicks, they would be shitting on us. If yeah. it was the Celtics, okay. they'd be shitting on you. You know what it's makes just, it even worse for me is that it, it's the combination of like Laker fan, Laker Nation, and then LeBron fans. I think that combination just makes combination. makes for the most annoying yeah. fan yeah. base. For sure. No, for sure. Because I didn't think they were this annoying when Kobe was there. Nah. Yeah, not at all. Not at all. But then again, social media wasn't as big as it was today as it was Facts. before. So Kobe yeah. fans yeah. ain't on Twitter. Like yeah. that, I, I would say I, I don't. I don't like me. I don't need KD to win. I just just for Steph Curry purposes, you know. I don't really need KD to win. Everything <laughs> else is kumbaya. I don't. You know, I could care less. But I need. I need Paul George. Yeah, I need Paul George ring badly. Like I'm starving for it. Like and I get John's, that. John's best take of the year has to be Walker Kessler. Yeah, great oh, take. Yes. yes, great take. Admittedly, great take, John. deep, but I'm still shocked that people didn't believe. You got lucky. 
Nobody got lucky. Got lucky. He's not lucky as hell. I'll be honest. Nobody believed it that way. He got lucky as hell. Lucky is crazy. Like Walker came out. Walker came out. He was bugging. We was just like, what the fuck? Like, where was this coming from? Like, you got lucky. But it's all right. I don't know. I, I didn't watch Walker Kessler much in college, so I'll leave that to the people that like really watched him extensively. It wasn't that. I'll tell he you was that. so unreal at shot blocking at Auburn. No way he was going to come into the NBA and do that. It, it was too unrealistic for me to fathom him doing it, at least in his rookie year. So when he was, I was like, whoa. You thought this would be his prime. Like, this is what yes. he, he's doing his rookie year would be his yeah. prime. If you, if you drew out his career, I would have told you that this would be his best year. And I ain't hating on a young man. We've seen people, Tyreek Evans, have their best years, their rookie year. MCW. Oh, Michael Carter, yeah. Now, I'm not, hopefully already, that's not him. That one hurt me to the core. MCW, yeah, I was talking about Michael Carter. Oh, Williams. Williams. It was a week, though. <laughs> oh, my God. Tyreek Evans is my guy. Every yeah. single NBA 2K franchise I've ever built, he was my franchise player. Tyreek. No, he was a Chico. 6'5", PG, yeah. strong. Yeah, yeah. It was either him or... Michael Beasley. Those are the two players I would build my franchise around. Michael Beasley, man. Michael Beasley was a cheat code. So on to NBA award predictions. Oh, wait. One more. I'm sorry. We're not going to do worst takes? Sorry. One more. I got to give Dells love for Dallas. You got to get because he was low on them all year. I got to give Dells some loves for that. He was low on them from the start of the year. He said they wouldn't be that good. He stuck to his guns after the deadline. And now they're dog shit. So I got to give Dells love for that. I just, yeah. I was thinking that. I just looked back. I had them as a seven seed coming into the yeah. season. And I remember he was, a lot of, he was locked in early. He was locked in I've always kind of been a Dallas hater, though. Um, because Luca better than Tatum. I, I wasn't it. expecting them to be the 11 seed. But so John, John just had a reminding the teacher about homework moment, about worst <laughs> takes. So, okay, worst takes. For, we can I get Joel's out of the way. I, I, I want to see what the comments have to say. So in the comment section right now on the live, for one, make sure you guys like the goddamn episode. Number two, <laughs> make sure you guys type in the worst takes by everybody here. I'll probably get a plethora of most of them being mine. But my worst was... take, I think Minnesota being number one seed. Easily. But, you know, for to be fair, Cat missed most of the season. And I will say, even though I don't think they'd be the first seed – I, I also do think that my reasoning behind the Wolves wasn't horrible. I thought Edwards was going to take an all-star leap. He did. McDaniels was going to be an all-NBA defender. He possibly could be. Rudy Gobert hasn't been as bad as advertised. Um, and I, I think just the major thing is just Cat being out the entire year. And the fact that the Wolves don't get up to play bad teams. They've lost to the Pistons, the Rockets this year. I mean, come on. They, they, they lose to these horrible teams. I wouldn't be surprised they lose to the Spurs tonight. But they lose to these horrible teams. Um, and I think the other one was just Christian Wood. I was a little bit too high on Christian Wood. I saw what he did in Houston, and I was like, you know what? I think if this guy's in a winning situation, he'll be better. And he wasn't. You know, I think that Jason Kidd is not playing him for – a variety of reasons. I think he should have get more minutes than he, than he does give him, but I do think Christian Wood is definitely not the player I thought he was. Christian Wood isn't always entirely your fault because when he plays, he's like the Mavs' third best player. It's just for whatever reason, Jason Kidd doesn't give him consistent minutes. So, I, Christian Wood, you were really high on. Not we didn't even give you love for Jalen Brunson. Let's give you love for Jalen Brunson right now because that yeah. was a, a ten out of ten take. He's been you know playing his ass off too. Um, but the Christian Wood one. It's tough because I think if he's getting consistent minutes, he's pretty clearly that that team's third best team. But Jason Kidd, just whatever reason, doesn't really play him like that. Um, I see a lot of people 
have uh, Austin Reeves for John's take, the third yep. best player. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's hard because, I, I mean, I don't agree with the take, but up to this point, you're not wrong. He's just been playing – since the I day you like made that take, he's been playing better. Seen him. It's wild. Yeah, he's exactly. a sophomore. He's one of the better. top five sophomores right now from his class. Yeah. I, I and, think uh, John McDaniels being Jalen Brown. We could pump the brakes there. He I never little, said he was Jalen Brown. Up. I just said he that said he, he will be. So well, this is this be. this he is a ten game stretch there. All of a sudden he was averaging like eighteen. I, I, I'm and seeing going crazy. I, I'm seeing Pee Wee give me a little face. All right, so let, let's clarify. I said Anthony Edwards and Jaden McDaniels have the ceiling similar to Tatum and Jalen Brown. I think that take makes it worse than just the Jaden McDaniels and Jaden Brown do one. Too. <laughs> I think Edwards can be better than Tatum. I do. Bro, bro, if he's better than Tatum, he's the best player in the league. No, it does. He doesn't have to be. He could be if, top. If off. if Ant Edwards is clearly better than Tatum, he is the best player in the league. That's that is what he's going to be. No, Kevin Durant's already in the top five. Kevin Durant's clearly Kevin Durant's clearly better than Tatum. He's not the best player in the league. Tatum ain't he's, top in the, five. he's in the conversation for when he's healthy. Katie's in that conversation. Well, I think that Anthony Edwards in his prom could be that type of player. The best player in the league. Okay, yes. I just say that though. I want you to know what you're saying. Wait, I mean, he, he could he, he could be. Yeah, I, Wait, I'm, that, I'm a big Anthony Edwards guy. He could. Was, be. Are you implying right now that Tatum's top five? No, he's probably uh he's probably top five. Yeah. Right now, Jaden McDaniels. Five. <laughs> I think Jaden McDaniels has some untapped potential. I don't know if he'll realize it as long as Cat is a, is the one of the main options offensively on Minnesota. But I can definitely see Jaden McDaniels if he's in a number three or number two role, averaging eighteen to twenty plus a game. Y'all are wild in the comments, man. Why do y'all be doing that? Tatum not top five. He's top six. He's top six. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be frank. There's some pretty stark contrasts. It's- like top eight quarterbacks in football, and to get the number nine, it's it's a drop. We haven't yeah, seen no, Tatum Tatum's like one a comfortable top seven, eight player Tatum in the could league. Be as number two, like Paul George. What? You know I, I mean? think Tatum. Hold, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I mean, I said that I gave that I'm take before. Myself, right? Listen, John is right. I said that take before. Maybe Tatum isn't Kawhi level, or maybe he's more PG. So let me ask y'all this: How do you gauge that then? Because I understand what you mean by Paul George right now. But Paul George was once like Tatum to a certain True. degree of mm-hmm. his team was there, except Tatum actually went to the finals. But Paul George was leading on a Pacers team that had no other star and was going head to head with the big three Miami Heat. I'm talking head to head, not always stole one, but they like, oh, mellow. shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, shit, they can win this series. LeBron heroics were needed. He tore his leg apart, so simmer down a little bit on a PG part two. Uh, now, I understand what you're saying. It's two versions of PG. I think Paul yeah. George's trajectory could have been that, but post injury changes. What kind of dilutes that for me, though, Pierre, is that when he was in OKC and he had his best season, mm-hmm. they didn't get past the first round. So mm-hmm. that to me always sticks out. But I, it I think, happens. It yeah, happens. it happens. Jason uh, Tatum to me, though, I think that he probably will be he like good enough to be the number one on a team. But I wouldn't be surprised if he's just this high level number two. I don't think it's. Bro it went to the finals and was two games away from a. Pee Wee, you know, you know what I think it is with with the Paul George Tatum thing. I think um what it was. Jimmy Butler went to the finals and he's probably a high level two, not a one. I think um. Tatum came in better than PG. I think that's why the trajectory is a little different. You know, PG Absolutely. came in, you know, he had to work, he had to grow, mm-hmm. he had to get better. Tatum kind of came in 
already at like year three PG in his first year, you know. So it's like Tatum's trajectory trajectory is a little bit different, a little bit higher. That's a fact. I I, I can agree with that. And Tatum came in to a playoff run as a rookie. Yep. Somebody somebody just commented Joel is higher on Jaden McDaniels than Austin Reese, laughing my ass off. What the hell? That's the dumbest shit I've ever this heard. Is, this is the Austin Reese stuff I'm talking about. Nah. But what do you think, John? Because I mean you think Reeves can be the third it, best project. All of George ain't never been top 10. Hot take. Yeah, that's a hot take. Hot take. Leave that alone. Leave that alone. Leave that alone. <laughs> Leave that one alone. No, nah, but yeah, that, that was my take about Aunt, Aunt Edwards and, and Jaden McGinnis. It's kind of like John's Austin Reeves one, you know, TBD to be determined. We're not gonna know if I'm wrong until like three years from now. Yeah, I mean, I hope you got average right. 27. I don't think yeah. so. The McDaniels thing is tough when you throw him into the 22 league because... in elite defense. He'll get it. Anthony yeah, Edwards yeah. has more of a chance to be closer to Tatum or better yeah. than Tatum than McDaniels has of scratching Jalen Brown, yeah. if we being honest. McDaniels, I mean, is, McDaniels is definitely a projection because I'm very high on him. McDaniels, though, if he gives you – if he giving you 23 points per game – because remember, Jalen Brown, when his scoring went up, his defense took a dip. But if yep. Jaden McDaniels is giving you 23 points per game, and he's, he's still one of the best defenders in the league – I mean, that's like you, you could. That's that's why I don't even need him being that type of score. He stay defensively. Don't you don't he don't need no they don't need no dip from him defensively. The, the yeah. value for him is to be because you see what happened. Motherfuckers started scoring a couple extra points. Now they don't know if they want to be on your team no more. Now they want their own team. <laughs> now they don't know if they're happy there. You know, when they was defensive minded, they they loved being in, in Boston, they loved being the, the sidekick. Muffler started scoring 25-plus points, and now they need their own team and own dressing room. So watch out. I think we can move on to the NBA awards. And we can start off with MVP, the most talked about controversial award. Uh, I'm not sure what way you guys are leaning, but I'm going to go with Joel Embiid for this award, 33 a game, leading the NBA in scoring. And he anchors a top-five defense. Maybe part of this is just me being a bit biased towards Embiid. I think these, like, all candidates are deserving in Jokic, Giannis, and Embiid. I think the argument against Giannis is that his team wins without him, and, you know, he's missed more games than all these guys, although it's not been that much. I think Jokic has had the most efficient season. And let me be clear when I say that I think that if there wasn't so much talk around him being a three-time MVP with no playoff success, he possibly wins the award. I think Joel Embiid is deserving of it, though. I think that this is one of the better three-year stretches we've seen from a player. And if we come away from this time and, and say he didn't win MVP, I think it'd be a disservice to a player of his caliber because he's definitely been an MVP-type player. And I'm going to go with the Joel Embiid for my MVP. Um, for me personally, I just think the whole discourse around this MVP has been really odd. You know, I think, like, in terms of Giannis fans, Embiid fans, Joker fans, they have come, instead of trying to uplift their players, they have bashed one another's players to try to tear them down for the MVP. When in reality, you get three guys that finished, you know, as a finalist. And all three of them are up-deserving. You know, I think Embiid and Joker deserve it a little bit more than Giannis. But I think Giannis still, you can make a case. But Embiid and Joker, I think, have been the best players in the regular season this year. Embiid been a dominant two-way player. Offensively, he's been the leading scorer. But what the Joker does is just he elevates his players so much to the level of where he makes everybody better. He initiates the offense. Defensively, I know he's not Joel Embiid or he's not Giannis, but what he does on offense, you can offset that on defense because he does so much on the offensive end. Um, for me, though, 
you know, my pick is the Joker. I think, you know, you look at team construction. He doesn't have another all-star player. The other two does. He kind of does everything for them offensively. When he's not playing, they look like a lottery team. And I think that's something that's very important because if a team looks like a lottery team without you and then with you, they look like the number one team in the West. That is extremely, extremely important to me. Huh? Tell them. Oh, sorry. Thank you. Um, So, yeah, for me, I got the Joker. But I think all three guys, I think – not three, like I think Embiid and the Joker are the two two headed race. They've been like that. Giannis is the third guy, but I think either Joel or the Joker deserve it. But I'll go with the Joker. This is far and away one of the closest MVP races we've seen. And the reality is, all three of these guys are having MVP caliber seasons. But I have two thoughts. One, how can a guy be MVP when his team's above five hundred with without him? Yet another guy could have a team that's four and eight without him. Giannis this year has missed over a dozen games. And in those matchups, the Bucks are 11 and 6. The 76ers without Embiid are 8 and 5. The Nuggets without Jokic look like a G League team. And then my other thought is why is Embiid MVP over Jokic? Is it because the stakes raised for a guy to win it three straight years? And if that's the case, is Nikola Jokic deserving enough to enter the company of Bill Russell, Wilt Chamberlain? And Larry Bird is the only players ever to win three straight. So let's look at it. Jokic is having the most efficient volume season we've ever seen. 70% true shooting spectacular. And his playmaking is so great that while a lot of people point out to his defensive issues, because of how much he opens up the game as a passer, it allows the Nuggets to play their best defenders, right? So let's take Christian Brown. You put him on the 76ers and his offensive limitations would almost make him unplayable. But in Denver, when he's been on the floor with Jokic, He's playable offensively. And the same goes for Aaron Gordon, who Magic fans, two and a half, three years ago, they want his ass out of Orlando. And now we're putting him in all-star game conversations. Contavious Caldwell-Pope played for years with LeBron. Right now is one of, if not his most efficient season. Bruce Brown's another case in point. We talk about the Nuggets as contenders, not because of the sporting cast, because their bench is shit. We talk about them as contenders because of Nikola Jokic. You give Jokic the Bucks bench, and I guarantee you the Nuggets this year winning 60 games. There's also one last thought I have. I've seen multiple 76ers fans point out, <laughs> this one gets me, that Embiid locked it up, kind of just, we got to balance it out, right? Jokic has two, let's give Embiid his one. It does not sit right with me that the one game Embiid set out was going to be the one game mile high. And if you think the award is locked up after that, that, to me, just rubs me the wrong way. As someone that loves basketball, seeing the top two cancer MVP, the two best players in the regular season, not going head-to-head because the guy that's supposed to win MVP ducked the other one. I like all the points you made, John. I'll only push back on the Christian Brown point because he's a good shooter. I think him in Philadelphia would still thrive. Probably not to the level of what Jokic, him with Jokic, but I think that Philadelphia would love Christian Brown right now on their team. I think he's made like 12 threes this year. He doesn't play a lot. He, he, doesn't, play a lot yeah, early he, he doesn't get a lot of burn. And he takes he's, two threes per 36. He's a good basketball player. I think he'd be able to play anywhere. I told you about him, Pee Wee. Don't forget. He knows how to play basketball. Did you? Or, yeah. or did you vouch extra hard from him? But I don't think you told me about it. No, no. He, I meant to he, say, he vouched, say he vouched extra hard. Extra hard. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Told you about um, that. You made some very good points, John. Some very, very good points. Um. I'm going to go with Embiid. I got Embiid as my MVP. I just think that for me, I'm going to just be real. I, it feels like Embiid's year to win it, and I'm just going off the field. 
I can't argue against um anything Nikola Jokic related. I wouldn't even put myself in a position to do something so stupid. The the thing about this conversation for me is the lack thereof with Giannis. I teams winning games without their best player, with the best player, it, that that shit is all good and 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 whatever. But the Bucks are not the Bucks without Giannis, and that's all that matters. None of these teams are their teams without them. The fact that they haven't had Chris Middleton um, is also something that stands out for me, considering how much that was a factor for me last year with Jokic, and he didn't have um, Michael Porter Jr. or Jamal Murray. So for Giannis and the Bucks to not have Chris Middleton and not really skip a beat, um, you know, that that stood out to me. And I know Brooke Lopez has had a resurgence or whatnot, but Brooke Lopez in past years has not, ever meant as much as Chris Middleton. Now, that might change in this year specifically, but to lose Chris Middleton should have been a very big blow to the Bucks, and we just didn't we didn't get that. Um, now, as far as Embiid, I, like I said, I just felt like he had some dominant performances and some performances that made me say, oh, shit, you know what I mean? Like, he he's without a doubt the MVP. I like it, though, and here's why. Joel Embiid is a guy, in my opinion, that's on that top upper echelon that hasn't really faced any criticism. So after Joel Embiid wins his MVP, I have to see something. Let, let Give him the MVP, clap for him because he deserves it, then we're going to shut up. Him and Jokic now have to do some shit in the playoffs. If that's the narrative people want to run with, because the whole shit is, oh, we give it to Jokic, and they don't really... So cool, we're going to give it to Embiid. For most of NBA's career in Philadelphia, any shortcomings that they've had, you've been able to thrust them upon Ben Simmons. He's long gone. He's gone. Brett Brown is gone. Ben Simmons is gone. The Jimmy Butler shit is old. You got Harden. You the MVP. Y'all got Doc Rivers, Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris is playing great. Y'all got everything y'all need. So now we have to see something because I think Joel Embiid has not gotten the criticism that a lot of other players would have if they were in his position and have had played with the teams that he's been a part since he's been on the Philadelphia 76ers. I love Embiid. I love the process. I'm a big Joel Embiid guy. But it's time for Joel Embiid to do something in the postseason because any other player, y'all put that on them. Like, even players that's not there. I'm a big Paul George fan. He's never been at the, 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 the tier that Embiid is. They can't shut up about Paul George shortcomings. They won't let you talk about James Harden and not mention what he hasn't done to play. Jason Tatum and them boys just this this version of them just got to the finals. And we talking about Jason. Jason Tatum might not be a number one. <laughs> we don't hear shit about that with Joel Embiid. Mm. We never hear not not an inch of it unless it's like a super, super 76 er mm. hater. But I like if we just having conversations, nobody really got anything to say about Embiid. So I'm happy to give him the MVP. He's earned it. And then, yeah, the conversation of Joel of, of Jokic winning it three times is definitely an interesting conversation to have. Is he worthy of that type of status? Um, I don't know. And he's also had an interesting case because he won it and then he won it again without the two players, which was deserving. And so it, it's definitely a tight race. But give me Embiid. And now they both got MVPs and now they both have to do something. And hopefully, hopefully – we can get a situation, if not this year, maybe next year, where they can face off in the finals and we can't duck nothing. As somebody that got in B, though, it did piss me off that he that he did he did duck that smoke, though. Come on, anybody that's a basketball fan, that, that should have pissed you off. I like that point, P, because we give, or at least I give Embiid shit. I'm a Celtic fan, so I don't really root for the Sixers ever in any circumstance. 
But whenever we do give Embiid shit for not making it past the second round, there's always an excuse. And the excuses are kind of dumb because at the time, Ben Simmons is an all-NBA defender. At the time, no one had problems with Jimmy Butler, and Jimmy Butler leaves and ends up having a better career or having more success than after Philly. So even the excuses we do give Embiid, if you look back on it, they weren't excuses at the time. We're just looking after the fact and saying, well, he had X, Y, and Z go wrong. But at the time, it, it wasn't an issue. Ben Simmons was great. Jimmy Butler was great. Um, Embiid would be third on my list. And before I get into this, I want to say, I hope next year there's just a runaway MVP winner. Same. I hope next year we don't have to deal with this. I don't know if it's me just coming from a football fan who followed football way more close than NBA over this last decade. Because for football, it's always the Super Bowl. Who's going to win the championship? It's always about team. And basketball, this whole season, has been about the MVP. We're not even talking about potential finals matchups, who we want to see in the finals. It's been, is it Embiid? Is it Jokic? Giannis a little bit. So I hope next year one of these guys just goes crazy and we don't have to deal with it. But I would have Embiid last on this list. And you really have to nitpick here because all three of these guys are great. I have a hard time giving Embiid the MVP when he's third in the East. And I understand Jokic was six seed last year and got it. But you look at the injuries the Nuggets had, it's a different situation. This year, for the most part, the Sixers have been healthy. I know Harden missed some time. But outside of that, you can't really look at a lot of things and say there's excuses for Joel Embiid to be the three seed. I thought there was a possibility they could be the one seed this year, even though the Celtics are great, the Bucks are great. That's just how great I thought the Sixers roster was constructed. And the fact that they're the third seed, even though he's putting up 33 on stupid efficiency and being a great defender, it knocks down a tier for me. Second place, I would have Jokic. I think he's been great. Number one in the West all season long. John mentioned the efficiency, the historical numbers he's putting up. But I have Giannis as my MVP. And as someone who has gone against Giannis last season, going to have to go up against Giannis this season, I just think he's the most dominant player in the league. He struggles against the Celtics, so I see him damn near at his worst most of the time. And I know how great he can be. His efficiencies dropped this season, but he's taken on uh, more offensive responsibility. He's taken career high in shots. He still has career high in points and rebounds this year. But to P's point, without Middleton in this situation, you would expect them to drop off a little bit. And they went on a 16-game winning streak in the middle of this season, the longest of the NBA, longest in the NBA this year, and no one batted an eye. We barely even talked about this 16-game winning streak. Giannis was tearing it up. And all season long, he's been extremely efficient, extremely uh, consistent, I should say. He doesn't have a single month where he's averaging less than 29. And B started a little bit slow that first month, picked it up this last month or two. Um, so I'd have Giannis, number one seed in the East. He's been doing it all season long. Jokic at two and then beat third. Um, I'm glad Dells is giving props to Giannis, the person going to beat the Celtics in the playoffs. I think, oh, Dells, <laughs> I will give you a dollar. Every episode, if you don't mention the Celtics in every single segment, I'm never gonna. It's I'm not like, gonna get anybody. yo, it's oh, you mentioned the Celtics in every. You think, you think I should have done a top four just to have Tatum in here? If, at that point, yeah. Fuck well, Tatum, Tatum, I think SGA is probably more deserving. Oh, that's oh, crazy. Get out of here. Oh, <laughs> that's crazy, P. Uh, it, it ain't crazy. Nine but it's seed, crazy. Ten seed. Because yeah, they so they so damn low. <laughs> they too low. Like, they I, too I, low. They have like thirty nine wins. I get what you're trying to say, but yeah, they just if you put if you switch teams, the Celtics are not the same. If, they too if, low. If they too low. Well, if they was like seventh, I'd have pushed that with you. I would have pushed that with you. You know, when when it comes to Embiid, maybe I'm I'm at fault for making my award this way, but I'm kind of doing it based off like a three year thing. You know, because two years ago, Joel Embiid was the first seed in the Eastern Conference. 
the Nuggets were the third seed with Jamal Murray playing half the season, Michael Porter Jr. playing almost the entire season, and the award went to Jokic because Embiid played 51 games that year. Where it feels like this year, now Embiid's getting knocked for being a third seed in, in an East that's tight. I mean, the Celtics, the Bucks, if I'm not mistaken, they'd be over the Nuggets if they were in the West. So for yeah. me, I think that, you know, I don't knock that when I when I talk about Embiid. And I think Embiid probably should have won the MVP two years ago, but his injury definitely took him out the race. And now, like, it's kind of like things have switched, right? Two years ago, Embiid should have won. And now this year, Jokic should probably has like a slight edge. And now when Beats probably going to win the award to make up for, you know, the award he didn't win, which I'm, I'm totally fine. I'm, I'm fine with because Embiid deserves the award. I bet you are. He has a great case. I mean, he's the first player, first center since 1976. Bob McAdoo drops 30 points per game in back-to-back seasons. Now, Pee Wee, you made the point before. Joel Embiid's done nothing in the playoffs. The one series where the Sixers could have went to the conference finals, my man shot 37% from the field, average more turnovers and assists. Talk about Toronto? I, uh, yeah. And then I look at was what's one. the best win the Sixers have had in the Embiid era in the playoffs, and it's it's last year's Toronto team where they almost went the seven games. And the I Raptors missed the half their starting yeah. lineup. The other teams they beat were yeah, the Goran Dragic-led 44-win Miami Heat, or the as Josh Richardson, the Brooklyn Nets, and Jared Dudley, and the other one I don't even remember. But so, to your point, P, though, about like Joel Embiid not getting as criticized, I think it has to do with a couple things because somebody in the comments just mentioned a good point. When Giannis won MVP in the bubble and then lost in the second round to Miami, everybody criticized Giannis. And I think the reason for that was because he was at he was the face of the collapse. He's the one that didn't play well. He averaged 22 on bad efficiency. The Heat have always kind of guarded Giannis well. Versus Embiid, when he lost to Atlanta, they lost in seven games, and he had bad fourth quarters, but for the most part, the glaring issue was Ben Simmons, and that's why he mm-hmm. got most of the attention and blame. Where I think like, if Embiid laid a stinker and Simmons was efficient, people are talking about Embiid, but I think people view that series saying, no, Embiid did at least 80% of his job. It was Ben Simmons who just really didn't show up in the series. I think... like. Pee Wee did make a good point, though, and it, it stretches on the all three guys. Giannis, to a lesser degree, because he already has his ring, but for the Joker and Embiid specifically, I mean, we gave Joker a pass because he didn't have his guys in the playoffs. So the last two years, we gave him a pass. You didn't have Jamal. You didn't have Michael Porter Jr. But now you're kind of suited and booted. You got your guys. Embiid, you got your guys. It's kind of like now you guys are at the top of the like, – you're at the top of the league. You're in these MVP discussions. We want to see you – push further in the playoffs you're the mvp caliber player we want to see you get to the big one get to the conference finals specifically for joel Embiid. we want to see you get there make make memorable moments you know like we've seen steph do it lebron do it katie do it we've seen big time players but we want to see the three guys that's consistently in the mvp race make that push yeah no i mean i i feel it but it's it's it was a game. It was a few games, but it was a specific game in that Atlanta series where MB shot like terrible. I mean, it was like four for twenty or something, if I'm not mistaken. I can't think of it at the top of my head. And like I think that's just a luxury that he had because Ben Simmons had like a historic collapse. That's not a typical collapse. That was like so historic, and I understand it to a certain degree. But like literally, if you think about all of their shortcomings, there has been an excuse for him. And that's all I'm saying. I, I think players of his magnitude, 
if you don't get it done, that's just it. Unless you're like LeBron who led each team and points, rebounds, assists, <laughs> steals, and blocks. Then we kind of like, and even then LeBron is getting cat- you know, uh, criticized. Even then, but it's, it's, it's not as harsh because it's like it was so historic. But it's like any other player, if you don't get it done, mo- people just don't care. That's what they're going to say. Like, you know, if, if Tatum losing in a championship, it's like to me, I felt like that was that was dope. That was good for them. They had overachieved. They had such a bad start. I couldn't believe that it was just like, oh, look, 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 Tatum and them lost. Tatum and them lost. Like Tatum and them have been doing this for seven years. And I, I'm, I hate the Celtics. Like, I just want to put that out the way, but I give credit. But I don't want people to be calling me Dale's JR. You feel me? <laughs> but I just feel like the conversations be so it's so thirsty to, to, to bring up a shortcoming in the basketball yeah. community. So when I see somebody like Embiid, who's had like a, he's had a track record and nobody says anything, you know what I'm saying? And I, that, that's, that's really my whole thing. It's so, it's yeah. like a thirst. I'm me. Typically I'm a guy who like, I don't really judge off one thing. Like I try to get the whole body of work. So it's like, okay, Jason Tatum and them, I'm not taking nothing into account that they lost in that championship. Cause to me, they overachieve. They are way ahead of schedule. Um and we expect I expected them to lose. I had I picked the Warriors, so it's like they they lost to a veteran championship team who's been there before. Now if Jason Tatum in there and them go again this year, then the expectation would change a little bit. When Giannis wasn't hitting his shit, I was like, hey, that's cool. I definitely want to see something. Time is ticking, but that I, I'm not I'm not going that far to act like you know because all it takes is one run. If you do it once, nobody really gives a damn. You, they can't say anything. Yeah. Once, once I, be, I believe when Giannis and them won that championship, Giannis, the shit got off his shoulders. He can, and he's good now because I got my one. Now we can go dominate because I'm playing carefree. I don't care. I can sit out games, and I really think Giannis is hitting to the LeBron sphere where people are just tired of him. Because like, like, yeah, it's just like, how is he not more in this conversation? I sure. feel bad that I can't pick him. I'm giving it to Embiid really on some sympathy shit. I, I hate to say it because I really feel like he is <laughs> and he really doing his thing. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. But if I, if, I didn't, if I took everything out and I just looked at what I know and from my eyes, I, Giannis would be – because when he flips the switch, it is unlike anything else. Dirk Nowitzki is a perfect example of what you just explained, where his history was a playoff choker, and even that was kind of rooted in a lot of – misconception i think the the one breaking point was losing to the eight seed warriors yeah. but even then that was a bad matchup and they were hot at the right time and dirk has performed well in the playoffs but that was the moment that like kind of labeled him as a playoff choker but then in 2011 now he's an all-time great he's this legendary guy legendary and, run right and, there. and it makes sense and like you mentioned yep. i think if if teammates have horrible games and nobody cares like for example Trevor Ariza can shoot 0 for 12 in game seven of the 2018 Western Conference Finals. Nobody cares. But with Ben Simmons, it was just a multitude of things. And then the Hawks series was the breaking point of all that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and it's it's one thing to win the finals, right? Once you win, you're good. But you even see it this year with Tatum. Like, this whole time it's been you get to the ECF, you get to the ECF. Then he finally gets to the finals. He struggles. Now, all of a sudden, it's I don't know if Jason Tatum could be the best player on Chambers team. I don't know if Jason Tatum could show up in the brightest lights. I mean, you saw that even with the greats. Even when LeBron, who regardless, like, when the Cavs went to the finals, once he got to the Heat and he lost his first time around, it's like, all right, you got this big three, you get to the finals, you come up a couple games short, and now you're still having the same conversation. So even if Embiid gets past the second round or Jokic goes to the finals, until they get that championship ring, people are still going to have those same questions because they're still going to want you to do one more. Embiid, all right, you got to the conference finals. If he loses in the conference finals in five games, I don't think the conversation is going to change a ton. It's going to be like, he just won MVP. He's got James Harden. Now you got to get to the finals and win the finals. Mm -hmm. So until you get that ring, people are always going to have something negative to say or doubt you in some way. And I hate that that arc, that the game has those conversations because to me personally, I don't need to see you win a championship to know if you can be the best player on a championship team. I, I think everybody's not going to get a ring. But you can't tell me only the people who have won championships could be the top option. Like, that's absurd to me. That's absurd. If rightfully constructed, I think Damian Lillard could be a best player on the championship team if he had the luxury of being on the right constructed team. Everybody ain't going to have that fate. So it's like they complain about that. Any shortcoming you have, even if it's even if you reach your ex- – that's what I really judge shit on. Are you reaching the expectations that the general consensus thinks – you're in the the mold of if your team is a team that should get past the first round, are you doing that or are you not? Is your team a championship team? Are you getting close to that? Did you get a second round exit? Did you get to the Eastern Conference and have a chance? Uh, the Eastern Conference Finals and have a chance? Like I go off what's the expectations. So even like the Jordan B being at three, I never really thought that the Sixers were better than the Celtics personally. I didn't think that they were better than the Bucs. So I'm kind of cool with them being three. I would be kind of mad if they weren't three. I just thought that they were going to be a top three team. But I don't think that they're better than those teams um, at all. But it's like, yeah, that 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 conversation to me is 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 because, yeah, you push that conversation. And then what do we get? We get guys trying to team up. We get Kevin Durant going to the Warriors. He's like, oh, okay, bet. I need to win a championship. I bet. Yep. And then they do that. Yep. And now the whole basketball world is like, oh, he's a cop. I just sell out. So it's like they can't lose. You have to like be Michael Jordan and and only play with Scotty and just, just win championships. And if you ain't doing it the Jordan way, then it's like you just get criticized. And I think that's some bullshit. If it's all about the expectation. Are you hitting your expectation? Even like with rookies. It's like they be wanting these first and second year players to just hit this stride. It's like, dog, Evan Mobley don't have to be the MVP conversation right now, bro. We got a lot. We got a lot of years for him to get there. He don't have to get it yet. You know what I'm saying? So we got to dial back the expectations and look at it realistically and, and go off of each player like that. Because to me, that's what it's about. And then I think the MVP conversation could change because it's like, man, you might have a dude who's on the fifth, the fifth seeded team, but if that fifth seeded team was expected to be a bottom feeder, might be a fucking MVP because they thrashed the expectation. I hate the sure. concept that the number one seed got to have MVP. That's bullshit, man. That's some bullshit. That's some bullshit. Now you just said a lot of facts, Pete, and I want to end off this MVP conversation by asking you guys a question: Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, who goes further in the playoffs this season? Jokic. 
Because Joel B is going to have to go through the Celtics round two. I'm, I'm not even trying to push any Celtics. There we go. There we go. But he's going to have to go through Boston in round two. Historically, we know what happens. This season, we played four times. They beat us one time with like two points, and Jalen Brown didn't play. So it's just a tougher path for Philly at the end of the day. Listen, Nuggets, they're going to have – obviously, there's multiple contenders in the West too, but I see a much harder path for Philly having to go through Boston – you're not going to have home court advantage, too. It's a tougher path for him. Dallas, I disagree. Sorry to cut you exactly. off, Joel. But I disagree just because of the seeding. 1-8 plays 4-5, which means the Denver Nuggets are going to play Phoenix. And that is by far the worst matchup for them. I mean, the Joker in drop coverage against Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, that's going to be hell for him in terms of you guys playing Philly. And I'm not saying I would pick Philly over you guys, but you guys being naked in the front court, Rob Williams still always dealing with injuries. We don't know if he's going to play. He's not going to play. Al Horford is pretty old. That's a matchup where Embiid can exploit in terms of Denver versus Phoenix. The Joker is going to get tired. Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, they're going to make him work. They don't have a lot of wing defenders to stop those two guys. That's a very tough series for Denver. So I don't know if it's uh, like that's why I, was, I, like, I think it's kind of the same. Like I don't like in terms of difficulty, both teams are going to have to see a two teams that are really strong. But in terms of Denver. That's a mismatch for them. Phoenix is a big, big mismatch for them. So I'd probably uh, – I don't uh, – I, uh, I don't even know how to answer the question. I'd, listen, I'm, we got to keep it a bean, too. They're both listen, second. I agree. Listen, listen, listen I, think, I, I think – listen, this, this might be a cop-out, but there's a chance both these players lose in the second round. Because yeah. if the Nuggets face the Suns – I don't know if you guys knew this, but Kevin Durant in, in his last, I think, 21 games is, no, is 20 and 1. 21. I mean, yeah. this guy is different. And with the Suns drop coverage, they've already abused Jokic in the playoffs before. They're they could lose in the second round. And then, you know, I understand the 76ers won't be favorites against the Celtics in the second round. But I don't know, man. I kind of – Embiid needs Shocker. a moment. The, we the, need to stop acting like same, the same way. The same way Embiid needs a moment, Jokic needs a moment. But I think realistically both these players could lose in the second round. We, we have to acknowledge the last time Boston played Philadelphia, they were starring Josh Richardson and Al Horford. This Philly team is not the one Boston played in 2018 or in 2020. It's a completely different group. So I'm not of the belief that the Celtics are a terrible matchup for Philly because we've yet to I see know, them go up and beat them. I just think mentally, mentally we're kind of in their head. Oh, get out of here, Dells. <laughs> and Bede said it. They kick her ass. I, I, like, I don't even have to prove anything. He said it. What do you I think, Steve? I got the Celtics in that matchup. Uh, I, I, said. I think the Sixers lose first. I think they lose. I think you made a good point. Both teams have a realistic chance of of losing in the second round. But if I had to pick one, um, as far as who's going to go further, I'll pick the Nuggets just because the East is a dog fight, man. The East is going to be a dog fight. It's going to be tough. And I think um, for me, I got to see Embiid play. The only playoff run Embiid hasn't missed the game in was the bubble when they got swept by the Celtics. That's the only time he's had he didn't miss a game in the playoffs. Every other playoffs, he's missed some time. Some more than others, for sure. But, like, something always comes up. So, knock on wood, hope that he's healthy. But that, the James Harden, Achilles thing, that's just not something you should play with. That's tough. Um, they don't have the best depth to begin with. So, you know. And I hate the way they play. I think the way they play is not – it's just not good for momentum. I'm not a fan of the whole foul seeking and shit like that. So I'll go uh I'll go with the field in the east, man. 
I'm rolling with Denver making it further. James Harden, mm-hmm. you can't Shocker. trust him in the playoffs. Yeah. Doc Rivers, terrible resume. Jamal Murray, the last time we saw him in the postseason, what did he do? Oh, he was historical. Wait, and Nikola Jokic has to be in the playoff. Wait, Jokic, does he miss down in the postseason? No, he doesn't. John, John. I think Denver will make it further than John. The what's the difference between Doc Rivers' resume and Mike Malone's? I think Mike Malone, when things go oh, south, doesn't just start throwing shit at the wall the way Doc Rivers has last year. So decade. he doesn't get frustrated. I mean, last what year, Warriors, it was just a terrible matchup, and there's nothing Malone could do to change the outcome of that series. I look at Michael Malone. The guys come back from two, three round leads with these two star players, Murray mm. and Jokic. Okay, Doc what's he do? He's the king of blowing three one leads. King of it. He's great. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just asking. I, I don't see the real difference Respect in their resume. Michael Malone a little bit, man. I, I agree. His rotations aren't crisp. I don't agree with a lot of them, but I do think in a playoff crucible, I'd take him over. Doc one of them got jewelry. That's the difference maker too. It's true. But what have you definitely lately though? What has Mike Malone done for you? But compared to everybody's criteria, once you get over that hump once, you always get to say he got that jewelry. Coaches can regress. No, no, they can. I mean, these days, I would go with Mike Malone for sure. Do all of us have Paulo Boncaro as Rookie of the Year? Yes, I got it. Listen, y'all on Twitter trying to make it a conversation. Stop doing Stop. Don't embarrass yourself. I think Jalen Williams is good. There's no doubt. But I think what people forget about Jalen Williams is that his best month is what Paolo's been doing all season long. And we can't reward, reward one guy for, for having a great month when paulo has been consistent. I understand the efficiency thing, but, I mean, okay. he's a rookie. I mean, people take efficiency way too seriously, especially when it comes to these rookies. And Paolo isn't even inefficient when he's finishing around the basket. It's just mostly on jump shots, which he can improve. I do think there's a third rookie in the Here we go. Oh, Walker? Walker? And that's Walker Kessler. Yeah. This has nothing to do with my draft take, but I mean, he's been an elite that's run nice. protector this year. He's been better than Rudy Gobert offensively. He's got 70% true shooting, good touch, great hands, at least for a seven-footer. But opponents are shooting 8% worse at the rim when Kessler is defending. Now, he's going to miss the end of the season with a concussion, but I think from who has been the best what they do as a rookie, it's been Kessler's rim protection. Does- so this has nothing to do with my draft take on him. It's the fact of the matter, he has been the most valuable rookie in terms of driving wins. But for me, Paulo Boncaro would be the rookie of the year because he's simply the better prospect and he's capable of a lot more on the ball. And unfortunately for him, Orlando put put a lot on his plate. So now I think rookie of the year is Mark Williams. No, I was going to say, John, does, does Keegan Murray not get the Scotty Barnes like love for rookie of the year? Like he was last year contributing on a playoff team, being impactful on the playoff team. Uh You You said Kessler, was the most valuable, and I I don't fully disagree, but what Keegan Murray has done for Sacramento, I think he should be getting the Scotty Barnes love because he gave Scotty a lot of love last year. Most threes by rookie in NBA history. He's been 40 percent from three as well, better than anyone else. In that and they're putting him, they're putting him on the best defenders. You know, they're 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 giving him that assignment. So he's been just as important or impactful. So Riv, are you saying that Scotty Barnes should have never won Rookie of the Year? Well, I picked K last year. Remember, so I didn't pick Scotty to win Rookie of the Year. But in your top three, I mean, your top two, did you have Mobley? Scotty was at three for me. So I, I think Keegan should be top three. You know, I, I think he should be in there. I don't know. Kessler is it's tough. You know, it's it's really tough. You're sleeping on Walker and. We got Piston fans, and you're trying to push Jay and Ivy over J-Dub. That's false, man. Jay and Ivy is not above J-Dub this year. Jay Hey, listen. Y'all talked about Jalen Williams had a great month. I watched watched Pistons games. Trust me, it hurts. But I watched Pistons games. Ivy has improved every single month of the year. 
He has. You know, J-Dub's mm-hmm. been dog last two, three years, two, three months, but Ivy has improved every single month since in his rookie year. So rookie of the year is like the consensus award for Apollo. Um, coach of the year, do all of us have Mike Brown? I do. Yes. Correct. Okay. I have Mike Brown as well, so we can move the, move off He's that. Sweet. We're not we going to talk about any of the other candidates? Oh, God. Oh, come on. You want to talk about John Mazzola? The, the floor is yours. I want what to other candidates? Listen, listen, John, before you shout out some other candidates, let, let's just first give love to the guy, which is Mike Brown. No, Mike the, Brown the Kings is. might win 50 games. He should clearly win it. Third Thanks. seed in the Western Conference. And right. I think the most shocking thing about the Kings, because I think if somebody told you before the season the Kings would be a top five seed in the West, you'd say, okay, Mike Brown coach team, they're probably top 10 in defense. Fox and Sabonis are leading a pretty good offense. For them to have a historically great offense, the most the most efficient offense in NBA history, I think is a surprise that nobody saw coming. And, and nobody saw coming from a Mike Brown coach team. I think that goes to credit to what Riv was kind of, saying i think he was more so saying it to make a point but you know obviously it starts with it started with that i i, I don't want to sound like a De'Aaron fox hater because De'Aaron fox is dope and he's that dude and he, we know what he can do when he close the game this shit at, sabonis gives you a fold in your offense that i don't think a lot of people really appreciate and then you have fox on top of that but keegan murray what he adds to that team to be able to shoot the three ball he does at his size that 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 does give Keegan Murray some uh some some rookie of the year love as far as third play. I always think about the Nelly song, two is not the winner and three nobody remembers. So I could care less about who's second, who's third. But if you want to give Keegan Murray a case for number three, I mean that that opens up a lot. But yeah, this is Mike Brown Award. Y'all can talk about the other candidates, but I think this award is so much his that it's even disrespectful to give anybody else any time. I agree. John. No, Mike Brown's been phenomenal this year, the best <laughs> offensive rating in NBA history. But I want to shout out Mark Dagno in OKC, who has those boys defending a near top 10 Fact. level. It's not shooting luck. It's not Shem Holmgren. It's a great coaching job. And he is, for a rebuilding team that's so young, done a phenomenal job this year. If Oklahoma City were higher than the 10th seed right now, say there is six, I think this race could be open up to Dagno, given the expectations. But Mike Brown has surely done a good job. And I also want to give some credit to Tom Thibodeau. Because a lot of Nick fans a year ago complained that Emmanuel Quickly and Quentin Grimes weren't in their PT. What does Tibbs do? He benches Derrick Rose and Evan Fournier. And those two players this year have flourished, even as of late. I mean, yeah, we we were saying that rightfully so, though. He only did that shit because his job was damn known on the line. Yeah. Yeah. John, what was the point of shouting out a temp seat? (laughs) You're a hater, bro. You should appreciate the airtime. You know, what, what are we shouting out a 10th seed for? No, they the, the, the way they did a phenomenal job. Rev. No, he had the way they play defense is crazy because they play defense, but we know we know who I Mark's been good, but we know who's at the head of the table for that team. We know why they've been that good. Let's let's not mark, let's not give Mark. Oh, no, it's a gone better defensively, has he not? Huh? Has Shea gone better defensively? He's always been. No, he hasn't. Right. This year he's, he's gotten better. Right. What are you talking about? As a rookie, he was a pretty good defender. Yeah, he's always he been was. teetering. That was, his, that was his calling card. Yeah, yeah. he's always been teetering. If you watch Shade and watch Shade, that's the this year he's taking a huge step forward on that bad boy. Listen, I, I will say this about Tibbs to, to Pierre's point. Fans were calling for IQ and Grimes to play last year. Tibbs was a year late on that. Yeah, super late. Tibbs is a year late on a lot of decisions he's made. So that's why I'm, I'm cautious to give him too much credit. Do all of us have Lori Markinen as most improved player? Yes. You got to give us the flip for these awards. The most improved races. I do have Lori. 
Nick but Brunson, sure. Brunson, I know I picked SGA uh, he has this a case. season, but Brunson definitely needs some love because not only are the numbers crazy, but the fact the Knicks had such a disappointing season last year after being, you know, four seed the, the previous season. Talk about it. Come back. You guys have a disappointing season last year. There's all these rumors. Do you get rid of Thibs? Do you blow it up? The Mitchell nonsense in the, in the offseason train. RJ, Brunson comes in, no bullshit, just balls out. And he's kind of reset the culture. Again, it feels like the culture is reset two years ago, but now really feels like the culture has been reset with Jalen Brunson. It's, it's unfortunate Randall got hurt with this ankle injury. Um, I don't know if he'll be 100% for a game on the playoffs. He'll be playing, but I don't know if he'll be 100%. But it feels like Brunson, not only numbers-wise, but the impact he had on the Knicks, it really feels like this offseason could be the one you land that superstar. And a big reason for that is going to be because of Brunson's play. I think, like, John Morant completely messed up the award. Talk and, on and, and I think, you know, we, we're, we're going to give love to SGA. We're going to give love to Jalen Brunson. But the most improved player of the year award is – you making a jump from good starter or good player to all-star. SGA was already putting up all-star numbers. He just wasn't playing enough games in the season. He was always only playing 30 to 40 games. Jalen Brunson gave you a little bit of that when Luka wasn't playing or when in the playoffs. Laurie Markkinen was a good starter, but when he went to Utah, he completely, and shout out to Will Hardy, altered his game into an all-star level player. Like He is now a... 23 to 24 point per game score in a leader of the team. Like he is now the number one option. And I think Laurie completely changing his game, becoming more efficient in every facet. I think he come, he has that Mike Brown, like stranglehold on this award for me, because he was well, he, in Chicago. He lost his touch. Jim Boylan pretty much ruined him. He went to Cleveland. He became a good starter. They traded him away to Utah. Now he's an all-star. He's made that proper, most improved player jump, and I think he deserves the award, and he's comfortably running away with it. I agree. I think there's no doubt that he's the MIP defensive player of the year. Does everybody have Jaron Jackson Jr.? Mm. Yeah. yeah, but I'm willing to change my answer for the sake of it. Okay, John. It seems like John. <laughs> yeah, John, John is playing devil's advocate. Yeah, everything, John. Yeah, let you matter of fact, let John. Be, be the I'm a little bit frustrated because like M MIP, you don't get to love Mikel Bridges, your guy. Or Jalen Brunson. Well, Mikel didn't do he it for an entire season. He didn't have enough games. Bridges didn't have enough games. Well, Isn't it more impressive to see the guy take that jump midseason too? I just want to give him some love, some recognition. Well, Mikel Bridges took the jump midseason because of the trade. There's no doubt. But even before he got traded from Phoenix, he was averaging 22 in his last 15 games. So Mikel Bridges definitely improved. And listen, I think if he was in Brooklyn all year long and putting up 27 a game, he wins the award. But it was only half the season, little less than half the season. And because of that, I think Laurie is running away with it. I would agree. Wasn't Laurie an all-star starter? Yeah. 25 oh, a game. Man. He jumped up 11 points. I agree with you guys. I think Markin's the runaway <laughs> for most improved. But I want to give some shout-out, some love to these other candidates because the MIP race this year was pretty loaded, I thought. Yeah. So who's your defense player of the year? Come on, John. My defensive player of the year. Was He's dying to talk about defensive box plus minus. Okay. But the guy's only played 1,700 minutes this year. And at 28 minutes per game, it's tough to give Jaron Jackson defensive player of the year. Mine would go to Brooke Lopez. Hmm. This year, Giannis is off the floor. The Bucks got a 108 defensive rating. And Brooke has been the best room protector in basketball throughout the entirety of the season. Offensively, it's been great too. But when you look at Milwaukee's defense, his room protection, the role that he plays, it is more valuable and because he's played 2,300 minutes, he's played almost every single game. I think the night in, night out output by Brooke Lopez gives him the award for me.
But I also want to shout out Draymond Green, too, because Draymond's had a yeah. defensive season almost as good as last year, but because Andrew Wiggins and Kevon Looney have been yeah. out, Kevon hasn't been the same defensively. We don't give Draymond enough appreciation because the war has been average day. Kevon Looney never missed a game. Respect him. No, I was saying if you let me finish, Wiggins was half the season. Yeah. Looney, Looney I think, not been the same defensively. I think when bench, it comes to his ass. I think when it comes to Draymond Green, he's been amazing. We'll talk about him more when we give our when we give our all defensive teams. But when it comes to Draymond Green, I think people don't appreciate him enough because he's kind of this villain in the NBA. And I think now he's kind of changing the narrative around him. But I think that's a big reason why people view him in not the greatest light. And people will point to the Warriors having the 18th ranked defense this year, but when he's on the floor, they're number one by far. And that matters a lot. I have Jaron Jackson, though. He's number one in blocks per game. He's blocking almost 10% of his opponent's field goal attempts when he's on the floor. And that's the sixth highest figure since blocks became an official stat in the 73-74 season. He's anchoring the third best defense in the NBA. And what we don't mention is that before Jaron Jackson came back to the lineup, they were not a good defense. The 20th in the league, man. They were 20th in the NBA. Jaron Jackson comes in. They're now top three. And I think that is a credit to him. And he's also improved offensively. And I know that this is not what defensive player of the year is all about. But when Jaron Jackson is on the floor, they're only allowing 106.5 points per 100 possessions, which is which um, is second in the NBA, only behind Draymond. So that's why he's my defensive player of the year. Brooke Lopez has a good case. But I, I guess the reason why I knocked Brooke Lopez's case is because you have Giannis and Drew, and you have two all-NBA defenders. I mean, two all-defensive defenders on your team already. And Drew Holiday is the best point-of-attack defender in the NBA. And that definitely makes Lopez's life a lot easier in drop coverage, not having to worry about a guard that's going to get exposed on that end. And that, that's why, to me, it kind of brings him like a point down. Um, the Grizzlies have been Rim. the best. The Grizzlies are the best defense in the league since Jaron Jackson has been came back from what did what what did he had got he got surgery on what toe oh yeah this okay. is back-to-back seasons too because jaron was i think he may have missed the start of last year as yeah, well they were one of so, the yeah. worst defenses and by the end of the year he left into top three what Dels? i was gonna wonder if we had the same dpoi ah uh, uh, <laughs> i'm teetering who you got i got one of your boys who evan mobley Ah, okay. I, 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 I was teetering between him and Jerry Jackson Jr. It's he it's deserves really it. Ah, uh, I don't. Uh, go ahead, go ahead, Dels. Evan Mobley. When I look at the other candidates, I think they all have knocks. Brooke Lopez, as Joel mentioned, you do have two other guys who are going to be on all defensive teams. Um, he's also just a rim protector. He's not going out and guarding the perimeter at all. Um, Jaron Jackson, great defender. Missed a lot of time. Has a Big foul problem. He leads the league. I, I saw some stat that Bam out of bio has like a thousand more minutes and has less fouls than Jaron Jackson. So I he like definitely that. has a foul problem. Evan Mobley is kind of the only person on this list that there's really no true knock on him. I mean, the Cavs have the number one defense. If you want to talk analytical, he leads the NBA in defensive win shares, defensive real plus minus. And Darius Garland had a good quote. They asked him about um, who his defensive player of the year or why he thinks Evan Mobley deserves it. And he says, turn on the, he says, turn on the basketball game and watch him play. And that's really the case. I mean, you watch Evan Mobley play. There's really no flaw to him defensively. He's able to guard on the perimeter. Like he's a guard. He's able to guard the rim. Like he's a seven footer. Like he is understand. He has Jared Allen there, which is obviously going to be a big help no matter what position you're going to play. 
but his versatility and the fact that they have Garland and Mitchell there that was a pretty big question coming into this season. Can this small guard lineup be able to hold up defensively? And the fact that they're the number one defense in the NBA, Jared Allen deserves his credit, but a lot of that is because of Evan Mobley. Covers too much ground out there, man. Covers and the Celtics are lucky ground. they won't face them in the second round. Thank God. Oh, yeah. Um, thank you for that, Dels. I appreciate because I, I wasn't hearing Mobley from John. Yeah, I was I was feeling wrong. I thought John was gonna be the one. But um, yeah, Mobley is just he's so versatile. Like he I saw him one game, they put him on Jalen Brown, and then I saw another game he was guarding uh Joel Embiid. The type of versatility he has as a defender is really nuts. Seven feet, being able to move with his feet, being able to block shots. Uh, defend the rim. It's really nuts. It, it's between him and Jaron Jackson for me. Like you said, I couldn't really determine a winner because Jaron Jackson, what he does for Memphis is he turns him into an elite defensive group. And that's important for a team that's not good on offense. Like, they win games because of their defense, and that's because of Jaron Jackson Jr. And Steven Adams has missed time. Let's not let, – let's forget. Steven Adams, who's a guy who's a good defender, is one of their backbones in the front court. He's missed time, and Jaron Jackson has held it down for them. But Evan Mobley you know, his ability to, when they have that Mitchell, Darius Garland, his ability to just help those two guys out, I think that's, like, so important. But I can't – I haven't been able to choose a winner. I've been back and forth. But the award will probably go to Jaron Jackson Jr. But it, for me, it's between Mobley or Jaron. I had Brooke at three. Mobley going to get his. He going he to he win eventually, about four. Eventually, yeah. yeah. I mean, unless they Tim Duncan him, then he might never get one, you know. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I think all you guys make good points. Pierre, your DPOI is – Jackson. Jackson. Yep. Yeah. And I have a question for you. Do you do you use the word or the uh I guess abbreviation <laughs> depoy at all? I just say DPOI. DPOI. You've been trying to wow. find people to say that. Yeah, no, I, I'll be saying depoy. So you say Drew coy? Yeah, I say depoy sometimes. But do you, you say, say coy? Like you say this, no, no one okay. like <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't say myth either. Yeah, see, so Mip. why are you saying depoy? I don't know. I think I don't know. Depoy, I don't know. It sounds pretty good. I'm wondering because it's it, that MVP Mimph. Mimph. <laughs> Who's your Mimph for the season? <laughs> Who's your six moy? <laughs> that's that's a good yeah, who is my oh uh Emmanuel quickly. Duh. That's mine too, easily. Are you gonna pick a boss? And I'm, bi- I'm biased as hell. I don't care about Malcolm Brogdon. <laughs> he old as shit. Oh, <laughs> Yo, fucking me, me and uh, our good friend of the show, Mikey Groggins, been going at it at Twitter. That's my this boy. Last, this last couple of months, man. Uh, I retweeted something the other day just because I knew it would piss him off, and he replied right to the tweet. I was like, I fucking got him. Um, now, I uh, Emmanuel Quickly is great, man. He might be my favorite Nick. Like the fact he's. I think he could be like Tyrese Maxey if Tyrese Maxey was locked in defensively. Like, he is such a special offensive player that, like, he's doesn't really – like, he's small is only his only weakness. Like, he's skinny. But outside mm-hmm. of that, like, there's, there's really no true weakness to his game. Um, The only downside I have, I have Brogdon as the sixth man of the year. Oh, it's because Emmanuel Quickly's best games is when he's a starter. And that's no knock. Listen, Quickly's a better player than Malcolm Brogdon. I don't think anyone's going to argue that. What he's able to do clears anything Brogdon does outside of just straight-up three-point shooting. Brogdon shooting, like, fucking 45% on the year. But six-man of the year is should go to the six-man, and that's Malcolm Brogdon. He hasn't started any games. He's come off the bench every single game. He has better numbers. He has better efficiency. Second-highest assist rate on the Celtics. Second-best three-point shooter on the Celtics, just behind Al Horford, who will never die. 
Um, so Emmanuel quickly <laughs> is phenomenal. He's been great this season, but he has been the better player. And because of that, he's been starting. So his numbers have gotten inflated a little bit. And Malcolm Brogdon, on the other hand, has come off the bench, done his role. And because of that, he should be six man of the year. Listen, that's Cap Dells. Listen, Riv, I know you want to go, but that's Cap Dells. And I don't know why we're knocking Emmanuel quickly for starting games when the starter gets hurt. He's the sixth man of the year, so he's next man up when the starter gets hurt. Jalen Brunson has been out of lineup, and then Emmanuel quickly he elevates his game. A sixth man is supposed to take the role of a starter when the starter goes down. If anything, he's been more of a sixth man than Malcolm Brogdon because he's He's taken even a bigger role when it's asked of him, averaging 22, 5, and 5 in starts. But here, here's a kicker, Dells. One, I want to shout out quickly because amongst players in Knicks history, he has the second best plus minus ever. That's Emmanuel quickly. Number one is Charlie Ward. Shout out to Charlie Ward. Celtics with Brogdon on the court, they're, they're plus 5.1. Without Brogdon, they're plus 7.6. That's a minus 2.5 difference. Knicks with Emmanuel quickly on the court, they're plus 6.8. With him off the court, they're minus 1.3. That's a plus 8.1 difference. The Knicks are better with quickly on the court, and the Celtics, at least according to this stat, the difference, they are Can I, can I give a little, a little context? I don't watch Brogdon as much Knicks as you, so maybe you know. But Brogdon, when he comes into the game, that's when usually one of the Jays come out. That's yeah. that first rotation, either Tatum or Brown, whoever gets the first sit on the bench. That's uh, I just want to give a little context there. I don't know. Maybe well, six man of the year is supposed to in. hold down the fort because Malcolm Brogdon cheating too. Malcolm Brogdon has been How's the majority of his career a starter. That's a fact. When he came in, he's, he's he's contributing to a role on a championship. I'm just talking team. Shit. No wrong with that. I'm just talking. And shit. not only that, but come on, we got to talk about Mina quickly. When when Jalen Brunson, arguably our best player, comes out, he's the one that takes the role of him. And mm-hmm. he and he keeps her offense yeah. afloat. He plays elite, fantastic defense. And I will say, as a Knicks fan, the Jalen Brunson leap I saw, the Quentin Grimes improvement I saw, I knew the defender he was. He's actually first in matchup difficulty in the NBA defensively. <clears throat> Emmanuel quickly has been the pleasant surprise. Yes. Emmanuel quickly has been the pleasant surprise. He's been the one that I'm like, wow. Like, I saw flashes of this as a rookie. In his second year, he dropped off. But in his third year, I mean, I didn't see this. And I'm thinking potentially, man, this guy could be a starter. You know? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. We're going to trade him. Don't yeah. see him as a Nick. He's like, I, I think this guy, he can be a trade piece in a He's a restricted free agent, isn't he? Yeah. So he can be a trade not- piece. But also, if Brunson plays out his – Yeah, if Brunson plays out his contract, I mean, we got to – 24 25 year old replacement when Brunson is as at the at, is at the end of this deal. So I think the Knicks are in a very great position when it comes to guards. He should get I think a Jordan Poole level contract this, this offseason. He should get a hundred million. Our, our boy Mikey Graggins has Relax. been tweeting about it because Relax. a huge part of we're going too far. Yeah, we, we gotta save some money. We're gonna give him should he get the Anthony Simons contract? Yes, yeah, he's a way better he's defender. Yeah. A huge part of six men of the year's energy and IQ is infectious. And he's shooting what sixty eight percent from the rim. That clears Malcolm Brogdon. He's gotten better in that clears category. Those. He's no Brogdon can't make layups. Just the thing. I don't. Know I mean, why. IQ's game is so much more in pull up shooting. It just it's an injection of joy for a Knicks team that they've got a good starting lineup. But I think IQ's in the perfect role playing off of Brunson, and he just keeps getting better off his sophomore slump. Two guys want to shout out Riff. 
I don't hear Dante DiVincenzo gain enough six man of the year love, but I think he deserves to get some appreciation because he's been great this year. And one other guy, Larry Nance. Yo, watch your mouth. He's like, like, (laughs) one other guy. No one's giving love to Larry Nance either. And when the Pelicans were good, Bobby Portis. Yeah, Portis deserves love over Larry Nance and Tande DiVincenzo. I don't know about that. Larry Nance plays <laughs> more games for a team that was the number one seed in that December for two weeks. For a week. I, man, what are we doing here? Nance was huge. Like There's a huge reason the Pelicans have been a top 10 defense for most of this year. Yo, I, 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 I know what John doing. Playoffs is about to start. Malik John. John. Shout RS. Shout out to Malik. John trying to get all the fan bases to love him because come playoff That's time, he don't get on nobody's bad side. Come <laughs> so he tries to show love to every fan base. I think is, is, is a great, great candidate too. Team, my friend. Shout, shout out to the Dante Love though. Uh, for me though, I, I gotta go quickly, man. And I hate the fucking Knicks. I really do hate the Knicks. But, like, he's such a defensive anchor off the bench, and that's so crazy because he's only, like, 6'2", 6'3". But when he come in, he is a defensive anchor. Offensively, he gives you that spark, that energy. And like John said, six-man of the year is about vibes and energy. Like, that, the six-man of the year is the one award that's about vibes off the bench. Like, really, who coming off the bench give you that vibe? And that's why Jamal Crawford, Lou Will, they all come off the bench with that vibe. Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson. Like we know Mono, his vibe. His vibe time. infectious. So, like. That's why I quickly should get it. Like, Malcolm Brogdon come off with that Obama boring-ass president boring. vibe. Like, boring. Really, he's just, he's boring. Like, he's he's mad, punctual and just, like, he ain't really, like, it's no energy there. The fuck is. Yeah. yeah, the yeah that's shot. You seen me, Mayo, quickly his post about, you know, it's the Ice Spice effect. It's the <laughs> oh Spice God. effect. You feel me? You know, he gets the Madison Square Garden lit. No, nah, they both that, deserve it though. Whoever wins it, I yeah, I don't care for it. Yeah, quickly, he's probably it. gonna get it because he has all the highlights and he goes. He's favorite right now. Oh yeah, yeah. He, it's he's not, like it's, minus three hundred. Yeah, yeah, it's not because he's, he's not. It. He's a better player and stuff. Yeah, has he's a better player that. for sure. That doesn't mean he's a better six man. <laughs> oh yeah, oh he is. He is for sure. Now before we go on to the next segment, a quick word from Athletic Greens. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a. Well, I didn't. This little go. script I was Locking. reading, it just it just vanished. My goodness. <laughs> My goodness. Time, no no script needed. Shout out to Athletic Greens, man. Listen, I've been taking it with my water because I, I like the taste of it. I know Drew tastes it with his protein shakes, but I've been taking it with my water. All you got to do is that you get a little powder, you pour it in your water, you mix it, you shake it, you do all that other good stuff, and then you just drink it. And if a comprehensive solution is what you're looking for, then Athletic Greens is the way to go. You can get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash pickaside. That's athleticgreens.com slash pickaside. You can check it out. And monthly, it may seem like a lot at first to get into it, but it's $3 a day for a good for good nutritional value. It makes sense if you want to stay healthy. And yeah. I was able to get my script late in that reading. Oh, man. Damn, Can't we didn't say nothing about help, Norman Powell. We didn't. Norman Powell definitely is averaging a 17 a game and deserves some credit. And before we move on to the next segment, Mojo, these are the players that are probably going to win the awards. So Jaron Jackson Jr. this season has went up 22%. And Mojo in the NBA started in like January. So these are like from, from January 1st forward. Jaron Jackson has been up 22%. Emmanuel quickly is up 47%. He's up $42 on this on the season since Mojo released the NBA. So he would have been a great investment. 
And Lori Markinen is up 14%. He's probably going to win MIP. So these are three guys that rose the most uh, that are probably the front runners to win their respective awards. Shannon Sharp also rose, and that was a great call by John. I know when, when Mojo yeah. first released NBA, the first investment that he was going with was Shannon Sharp. Oh, I think Keegan, Keegan was mine. Keegan, Keegan Murray. Yeah, he probably moved up a little bit. Not as much as Shaden Sharp, though. Yeah, shit, yeah, facts. Because you invested into Keegan Murray when there was a point in the season where he was he was kind of in a slump. Mm. And then he started playing well again. So Keegan is up $30. Okay, calm. Yeah, he's up 30%. Who did you no, invest Keegan, into, Riv? I think it was Ivy. No, it was Kuminga and Jordan Poole. Oh, you know that. Kaminga, that shit going up. I'm telling y'all. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for that one. John Kaminga's up 40%. Pool shit a little meh, but we're going to get back to that soon. Don't worry. We're going to have a great offseason. We're going to work out. We're going to be good. I called my boy. He good. Jalen Brown cut his hand. He cut his hand? Picking up glass. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. I saw he was not playing tonight. Five stitches in his hand. Oh, that's never easy. And a playoff <laughs> run is going to be brutal. Is that a shooting? Hand? We got we got ten days off. We're chilling. Yes, <laughs> it's a shooting hand. Celtics Wait, he, are done up. He got hurt picking up glass. Broken glass. Damn. Sound like he move. Sound like a lie, right? Yeah. Con- that contract. I keep that contract intact. <laughs> sound like tanking. That's what it sound like. That's you that saw they gave feature. him uh, the what was I forgot the name of the award. It's, it's named after some Celtic great, but it like exemplifies the greatest Celtic of the year they gave to Jalen Brown this year. Ah. Clever. 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 Yeah. Yo, y'all, y'all yeah, seen the last seven that. games. Y'all seen the last seven board? games. Um Poole been in playoff mode or have y'all yeah, checked? Yeah, it's been. Yeah. Okay. Just want to let you Jordan know. Jordan was great, man. Yeah, it started to happen after he was rumored to have spent like a hundred thousand on Ice Spice or something. Fifty thousand. And, and then once he seen the shit about they seen the um it was that it was that in the Reeves shit on Twitter. He said he's seen all that. He's been, he been seeing a lot of that chatter. So he was like, all right, they playing with my name. We'll start locking in. Are all NBA selections now? Oh, shit. I have two, two uh, all NBA selections. Um, so I have like six teams in total, but they're different ones, right? So I'm gonna go with this one first, and I want to get the thoughts of you guys in the audience because I did it with the 65 game stipulation. I wanted to see who would be left out and who would be in. So just to mention briefly. The players that wouldn't be eligible if there was a 65-game stipulation, potentially Jimmy Butler and Giannis, they'd have to finish out these last two games, and maybe they do, maybe they don't. These are players that are, without a doubt, ineligible. Steph Curry, James Harden, Dame, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Zion Williamson, Kawhi Leonard, Tyrese Halliburton, John Morant, Paul George, and and, um, yeah, and that's it. My first team is SGA. I have Donovan Mitchell. I have Luka, Tatum, then Embiid. For my second team, it's Jalen Brunson, De'Aaron Fox, Jalen Brown, Julius Randle, and Jokic. For my third team, it's Drew Holiday, Trey Young, Anthony Edwards, Laurie Markinen, and DeMontis Sabonis. 
That's with that's the with, 65. That's with, yeah, that's with the you have to yeah. play 65 game stipulation, which is not happening this year. But I just wanted to do it to basically showcase that team was you know, how many great players will be left <laughs> off the all NBA team if that was in place this year. Yeah, that team was garbage. A lot of guys making all NBA, man. <laughs> Hey, that means poof and get on there one of these years, man. I'm telling you. So this did you is, name Julius Randle? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh, I had to. Yeah, Julius could fuck around and make it without the, the I think game. He's on my without it. I That's think. a fact. We're going to talk, though. We finna talk soon. And now this is my all-NBA team with no stipulations. Go. And I made it very easy. I made it very easy. I don't really care about the games. I'm going yeah. by who is the best player because I think that's what matters. SGA still makes my first team. He's been unbelievable this season. They have exceeded expectations OKC. Steph Curry is at my other guard spot. At the forward spot, I have Kevin Durant and Giannis. And then at center, I have Joel Embiid. My second team is Luka. Then I have Dame. Then I have LeBron. And I think he's having a very slept-on season, given he's averaging 29, 8, and 8 around there. I have Tatum, and then I have Jokic. For my third team, I have Donovan Mitchell, De'Aaron Fox, Jalen Brown, Anthony Davis, and Sabonis. And my snubs are Devin Booker, Harden, Kawhi, Brunson. I like your list. Um, I guess I'll go next and shit. I, don't I really didn't know we're, we're labeling AD as a forward. I was just going to say, is AD, <laughs> AD couldn't make man because he's a, he, yeah. a center. Yeah, he ain't on mine. But you know, 100% you do yours, of his minutes at center, too. You do yours yeah, the way that's you why do I did, yours. I if, but if hey, AD, the NBA makes its own rules. I can't be mad. If AD, if AD is not there, then I'm going to replace him with Julius Randle. Okay, so listen, you know, you, Joel Moran, All-NBA, I fuck with it. You know, make your own rules, do your thing. I, I got my thing. We good. He um, did do that. Not to cut nobody out. He did. He's, his first list was the positionless. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that. Um, So for me, I did. I added a little win into it. I couldn't have two guys that haven't won. You know, me and John was talking about it earlier. I can't have two guys that ain't in the playoffs on my All-NBA first team. So I had to cut it up. Uh, I'm going to start with my first team. I got SGA. I got Donovan Mitchell. I got Giannis. I got Tatum. My center is predicated on who wins the MVP. So I think the Joker wins the MVP. So I got the Joker. For my uh, second team, I got Luka. I got Steph. I got LeBron. Your boy Jalen Brown made my second team. And then I got Joel Embiid. Give him that bread. And then my third team, that's where, that's where Dave makes it. I got De'Arian Fox. You can't leave him off a team. Julius Randle, you couldn't leave him off who a team. Who is De'Arian Fox? Yeah. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about, about, brother. You know what I'm talking about, bro. Fox, Fox. I'm not saying his first name. Fox. Uh, I got Fox. I got Julius Randle. You can't leave him all. I got Lori. Lori had to get on the team for me. And then Sabonis is my third center, and that's my All NBA team. Okay. John, you want to go? P. Uh, I got Luca. My first team is Luca, Steph, Tatum, Giannis, and B. My second team is Dame, Shea, LeBron. Julius, shout out to that boy, Julius. 1.2 million bonus on the way, Juju. Uh, and then I got Jokic. Then I go Donovan Mitchell, Booker, JB, get paid, brother. And then Laurie Marketing is a bonus. Laurie Love, I love it. I didn't put Kevin Durant on it because Kevin Durant, I, I, I'm not yeah, big on it. He didn't even play 50. You got yeah, you got to play yeah, 50. I, I understand. Like, Kevin Durant was the one to me where I'm like, I don't know if I should put him on here. And here's Drew. He's ready to be home and chop We miss you, Drew. I, I wasn't sure if I wanted to put Kevin Durant on there, but I'm just like, God damn, Joel? I didn't. If it is just Kevin Durant's averaging 29, 
50, 40, 90. Kawhi. No, he's been bugging. Ka- Kawhi is averaging 23 a game. He's no, not, Kawhi. He's yeah, but I know, KD. but you got to look past that first month, what Kawhi's been doing. Not, not only that. Stupid numbers. Not only that, but KD's been elite defensively this year. Before he got injured in Brooklyn, they were on a win streak. In Phoenix, they're undefeated with him. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. KD just to me is Joel, over, I, I agree with you. Just for me, like I had to have some sort of game played. So I said fifty was my yeah. was my like my yeah. moment. And Kawhi, I mean, just Kawhi. Me, like Kawhi, okay. he's over fifty. He's at like he'll be at. He actually might have he's the same amount of right games now, with LeBron. Yeah, he might finish with the same amount of games. But then it's LeBron. like, would I rather take Kawhi's fifty games no, played yeah. or like KD's forty four? Kawhi make my team. That's why the KD one is so tough because the numbers are so unreal. It's like. Fuck, are you really doing that over a full course? Because it's no disrespect to KD because I seen him on Twitter quote something like, Oh, it ain't gonna matter because I ain't played 65 <laughs> games. But when your numbers are that arcadish, it's like, damn, I would love to see if that if that would be what it would be if you did play 60 games. You I'll know, say I don't that. Know. I'll take Julius Randle's 77 games over Kawhi's 50. Like, I don't care about what he did after that first month. Like what Julius Randle did in 77 games, 25 and 10 and 4. I'm taking that over Kawhi's 50. You got to. I was Especially Kawhi's efficiency, 27, bro. Has been 27 so games, like, that's the gap? Like, yeah, that's he he did that for a season. Kawhi, real robot. Yeah. robot. Yeah. He is. He's, uh, My team has Dame Lillard first. I mean, Dame this year has had a compatible season to Steph two years ago, and I feel like a lot of people haven't given Dame enough love when the Blazers offensively were better than that Warriors team. So I've got Dame and Shea, my first team of guards, Warriors team won a lot more games. A lot well, more. Well, they both missed the playoffs. And keep in mind, the Warriors had top oh, five it's, defense it's, that year. Blazers year got they, bottom the five. LeBron saw three rims? Yeah, yeah, yeah. First of all, John loves to keep I, saying this. The Warriors were eighth seed. Dame got shut down two weeks ago. That's the difference. <laughs> he got shut down two weeks ago. Stop the, the Warriors. The Warriors first, really, John, Steph, sorry. Who's your first? I didn't hear. My first team is Shea, Dame, Tatum, Giannis, and Jokic. Golden State was the fifth seed before Steph got hurt that year. Just to be fair, mm. they were is also pretty close. And, and Kelly ultimately, the Blazers' bro. offense is a one nineteen with Dame, which would be the second best in the NBA. The Warriors' offensive rating with Steph Theory is one twelve. He had Six Kelly Oubre. He had the worst. worst. He had the worst spacing in the NBA history. Yeah. Literally, he had Wiggins and Jordan Poole the second half of the season. I mean, he had Ke- again, Kelly Oubre. starting center is Yusuf Nurkic. He had Mikhail Mulder. You know who that is? Yeah. It wasn't a great game. <laughs> look at the Blazers bench. It hasn't been great either. Yeah, I can't no, blame Portland Dame sucks. for his team not being built. You well. know, Portland's garbage. I give you that. Portland's garbage. My second team has Luka, Steph Curry, Kawhi, who's go. at 50 games played, LeBron, who's at 53, mm-hmm. and Joel Embiid. I think Embiid, if he wins MVP, I don't want the whole Marcus Saul stuff where you get the award, become second. If yeah. Embiid gets the MVP, he goes above Jokic um, for first team on NBA, personally. And then third team, I have De'Aaron Fox, Donovan Mitchell, Jimmy Butler, who is at 64 games played. I think he's had a very underrated season. Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant edging out Julius Randle. I'd rather have him, but I think Randle's got a reasonable case if you value availability. And then DeMontis Sabonis for me would be my third team on BSM. Respectfully. Okay. I like that. It's just um, like, John, my- sorry, Doug. I just want to add, John, that, that, that 30 games with between Julius and Katie, that's not significant. Like, that's a lot of games. Yeah, and why, why Kawhi? Why Kawhi over KD on the second team? Kawhi's been a top eight player this year. And after, what was it, November, he hasn't missed much time. It's KD's been top three this year. Back. 
Ooh. Well, Kawhi's if KD is healthy, we're talking about him in the MVP conversation. If you look, right? if you look at Kawhi's bro. efficiency, bro, from January on, it's some shit you couldn't imagine. KD is 50, 40, 90. KD might be. He's almost Kawhi, 60. Kawhi has put up 54, 45, 91, 49, 53, 92, 53, 44, 86 the last if K, if, if efficiency was a person, it'd be Kevin Durant. It'd be Steph Curry. But Kawhi's been you. more efficient, bro. <laughs> That's cat for these three months. They <laughs> just got the whole season for sure. Um, okay, I could give my all all NBA teams. My first team, I got Luca Curry at the guards, Tatum and Giannis at the forwards, Jokic at center. But I like John's point. If MB gets MVP, put him on first team. Uh, second team, I got Damon SGA at the guards, Jalen Brown and LeBron at forward, and Bead at center. And then third team, Fox and Mitchell at guard. Lori Marketing and Randall at forward, and I have AD over Sabonis at center. I could Sabonis, I get it, I could be persuaded, but when AD's been on the court this year, he's over that 50 game mark. I mean, he's been a top 10 player in the league. Yeah, can't argue with that. So, you guys don't think that Kevin Durant, if he was healthy all year, is more of an MVP candidate than Giannis? No, just because I think Kevin Durant's year it, it has like a cloud because he got traded. Yeah. I think that maybe I'm crazy, but I do believe that if Kevin Durant doesn't get injured, the Nets don't fall off in the standings, and Kyrie doesn't demand a trade. I mean, well, if you put that narrative, in, I mean, if Kyrie you put... requested the trade, he wanted to get paid. But if the best case scenario happens for every player, like I, I think that I mean, you know, if the Nets stay healthy and KD's there, they're they're a top three seed in the East. They're probably number one. They That's the thing. That's they the thing, though. Way. Like, if KD probably was healthy, he well, probably to say number three. one. He'd probably be top three. I think so. Um, it's just he got traded. He's not healthy all the time. It's you know it's tough. And ultimately, yeah. this stage of Katie's career, he he won't play a full regular season. He gets hurt. He don't even play sixty anymore. Which, oh, yeah. which I think, won't either. I, which I think is smart for them. If I'm being honest, they if we're going to talk about these dudes historically, as far as a legacy goes, it's going to be about the playoffs, the runs, the championships. It's not going to be all NBA. We're not going to be talking about man. Kevin Durant had thirteen All NBA appearances. Versus, man, he won one with the Warriors. He went in midseason, won one with the Suns. Kawhi won one with the Spurs, Raptors, and the Clippers. That would be more powerful than Kawhi striving to get all NBA year in, year out. Yeah. I Kawhi agree. don't give a fuck. For real. Yeah, he does. <laughs> and that's probably where I'm going to be the one seed. Somebody just said that Evan Barnhouse, but definitely top three, I think. I think they're over Philly if he stays in Brooklyn. But then he gets. Does he still get hurt? Like, does he play as much? That's the. He thing. don't get hurt because he's, his injury was him slipping. Ah, true. I mean, the Nets. I mean, that's crazy. The that's... Nets right now are the fifth seed in the or the sixth seed, I believe, yeah. in the East. But they're twelve they're and seventeen seed. with Mikael Bridges. So. Yeah, they're the sixth seed. So if KD doesn't go, like, I definitely could see them being top mm-hmm. three for sure. So before we yeah, go, but it's not sixty. The there's a pretty big gap between those wins. Yeah, I mean, Dells, you're a KD hater. I understand. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm a you, I'm a you hater. That's what I am. You're a me hater. Oh yeah, Dells. Yeah. <laughs> Wait until the Celtics lose again. Oh, I'm gonna come here. I want you to apologize and I want you to like it. <laughs> <laughs> you have you guys watched? Have you guys watched the show Succession? No, no but I, I started, it, but I didn't get into it. I've been binging it lately. It, it's it's such an amazing show. It's it's basically Game of Thrones, but modern version, like mm-hmm. the business version of it. That sounds interesting. Yeah, I, yeah. I saw it. 
It's an amazing show, but yeah, that line was from there. It was like, you're going to apologize and you're going to like it. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to read some super chats. Caleb Belts, top five video games of all time. Oh, NBA Street. Def Jam. Uh, San Andreas. I I like NBA 2K11. San Andreas. GTA 4. Madden um, 10 is one of my favorite Maddens of all time. It is my favorite Madden uh, of all time. I'm trying to think. Uh, I loved Red Dead Redemption 2. I like Red Dead 1 better like than 2. Years. Black Ops 1. Facts. Yeah, Black MW2 Ops 2 is easily different. top 5. MW2, facts. What was that fucking game called, man? Old age getting to you. Can't think For real. Because it's an old ass game. It's like maybe I'm thinking of Max Payne or some shit like that. Man, that 50, that, that 50 Cent Blood in the Sand, don't sleep. Blood in the Sand was hard. The oh, Last of Us yeah. is a great game. I never played The Last of Us. Or uh, what was the other game? Redemption? Red Dead? Red Dead Redemption 2 is one of my favorite games. Yeah, bro. get in tune with that. That's a good game. Yeah, The Last yeah. of Us is one of the only RPG games that I ever finished. I, I don't like... like I like Uncharted was games. a good game. Sorry. I only like playing sports games, to be honest. You don't? Nah, I mean, I only do. Like playing sports uh, games. What was the best 2K? I like 2K11, but I think 2K16. Yeah. 2K16 is like the best modern version. I think 2K16 was the best game, bro. I mean, the defense was amazing. Offensively, it didn't feel clunky. I don't know. These recent 2Ks, it feels like I'm gliding. 2K fell off, and it's going to keep falling off, bro. Whichever was the latest 2K is my favorite. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> just keep updating the game, add new shit because they never gonna really nail it. So it's just, just like update just, the rosters. Yeah, just keep the shit updated and give me some new shit to do. Can't I wait mean, they, they put them Thompson brothers in there. I cannot wait. I can They need wait. to make a college college hoops. Two K eight was probably the great one of my favorite games. Yeah. They're dropping um, the college football game next year, I think. Or this somebody year. told me that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They was talking about that in my Twitch. Um, what's the slept on game? I was just about to say. Oh, Madden. Madden like 05 or some shit with Donovan McNabb on the cover. Mm. That shit was hard. The 2K one? Or 2K, yeah, I was going to say. 2K. The, oh, that's T.O. on the cover. 2K, yeah. T.O., yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When you had your own house. And you had your yeah, you had your own crib. Yeah, yeah that shit was yeah. dope. Yep. This from Tyler Wallace. Dame says IQ is six, man. Moran confirms Dame to the Knicks agenda next season. Bing bong. <laughs> y'all got Jalen Brunson, though. Why would y'all do that? Yeah, nah. yeah, that'd be interesting. We're good. Work. We're good over here. Yeah, we good. NPC Santos, nothing. Nothing. Shout out to NPC Santos. He just donated. King Higgins, I found y'all when you did the 200 episode with Through the Wire. As a big Through the Wire fan, I was interested, and now y'all have become one of my favorite podcasts. Keep it up. Appreciate it. Shout out to King Higgins, man. King Higgins, man. Yo, so Pee Wee, we've actually been doing some numbers, uh, Dells and I. And we was thinking that we think that episode 200 is going to be around the summer league time, correct? Dells? Episode 300, you mean? Oh, episode 300, yes. Yeah, facts. Yeah, we were. It's going to be around. We might have to work some things out so we could get that 300, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, y'all going to have to go into overtime? Yeah. <laughs> Three episodes a week. One episode a week, facts. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. If we could do 300, that would be lit in, uh, in Vegas, summer league. Hey, yeah, I'm going to be with be it, man. I'm going to be, I'll yeah. be with it. Q Bugavelli, Scotty Barnes Love, quotations, epic punching air right now, Riff. <laughs> you don't oh. focus, Scotty Barnes? What's, what, what am I missing? No, nah. <laughs> I mean, uh, Drew just loves him. No, nah, what happened uh, was um, we have a Discord and we got a lot of Toronto fans in there. So one night we had an argument 
because we was like, Scotty Barnes got a lot of love last year because they was making the playoffs. He was doing good. And now he faked this year. He had a sophomore slump. <laughs> and he just got upset about it. He was like, oh, blah, blah, blah. just going all angry and shit. Nah, there was a Raptors versus Cavs debate in the offseason. Raptor fan, hey, Raptor fans are, they're, they are crazy. I, I used to hate Celtic fans and Raptor fans over the last couple of years over jumped them because they're like, quiet now. Because they ass. Yeah. The rat- yeah they, they got nothing to be loud about. Yeah, that, that's why. But if they had an, an inch of anything to talk about, they would. They, they were, was fifth seed. They'd be talking crazy. For sure. Nah, right now, they're definitely, they're definitely humbled right now. <laughs> nothing to talk yeah. about. <laughs> Cuba Gavelli goes Tim Duncan. Transformed it to AD and AD transformed it to Evan Mobley. Defensively, oh, I can see it. He 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 commented this when we were talking about DPOI. Oh, so okay. I think that's what he meant. That um, makes sense. That makes sense. Kill move can jump him though if he stay healthy. He yeah, jump AD. Kill move. Spider gonna carry the Cavs to the Eastern Conference Finals. Be prepared. I love it. Mm-hmm. I'm not mad at that, but I don't like the word carry because you have Evan Mobley and you have Garland yeah. and you have Jerry Jared Allen. Yeah. RJ the God, start bench cut of the JBs. Jalen Brown, Jalen Brunson, and Jimmy Butler. Uh, you start Br- Butler. Uh, Are we sure? I'm, I'm starting Butler. Positive? Or I'm is starting. this, is this, this once or, or five? I think it's here? both. Combinate just a season. I, I, I will start Butler. I'm starting Jimmy Butler. I'm benching Jalen Brown. Yeah, I've been Jalen Brown. Brown. And I'm cutting Jalen Brunson, unfortunately. Yes. Damn, Brunson. Yeah, I'm starting JB, cutting Obviously. Butler. Yeah, they sure. thought we they thought us Nick fans is gonna be the one to be extremely biased. Yeah. No, Brunson getting his ass cut. <laughs> <laughs> this from Malin V. Is Jokic the best second round pick ever? Yes. Yes. Probably Who's the yeah. competition. Manu, Draymond, Gilbert Arenas. Gilbert Arenas is not yeah, that conversation. He he clears. Gilbert Arenas definitely is in that conversation. Nah. You know what? I can't them dudes got rings and hardware. Ah, Jokic ain't got no ring. Now I'm talking about the two. He said Manu and Dream. I'm talking about them two. Oh, okay. Yeah, them, them two. I'm talking about just the those best two as round indi- picks. Those two as individual players can't fuck with Gilbert Arena. Nah. Nah. Fuck no. But if you put everything together and the impact, them two, I got to put them over. Are Especially Draymond. Him? He just. Gilbert nice, though. Gilbert yeah, NPC nice. Santos goes, Joel, you still waiting for the City Edition jersey or changing the color for Fox? Also, pool over Reeves. Fact though, NPC Santos for the playoffs. I got to rep the Sacramento Kings jersey. So De'Aaron Fox jersey, whatever you could find. Oh, bro! Find. Speaking of jerseys, man, I was watching that. I was watching y'all one night. <sighs> was I even watching? It might have just been on. You know, I'm, I'm a person that puts some shit on, and I get in the bed, and I get on my phone. Y'all had the Paul George in the back. I took a picture. I never posted on Twitter, man. I forgot to <laughs> post it on Twitter. I was like, oh, shit, PG in the back. Yeah, that's all NPC Santos, man. He he sent us, all of us, individual jerseys. John got a Jamal Murray one. Dells Tatum. Riv got a uh, Paul George one. And he makes it a, a stipulation that we have to put it up on the show and hang it up for the show. Yeah, a real one. So Paul yeah. George is up. There. Santos. Got he, got a, he, he got a plug or he just being a nice guy? 
I think he's just being a nice guy. I think, yeah, I think he's a pick a side all the time. I'm going to be honest. He's, 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 he's pick a side Hall of Fame. That shit hurt me because they had my jersey up and I had COVID. So I couldn't be, I couldn't ah. be there to witness my you jersey. Know, you late? How you catch COVID in 2000? <laughs> <laughs> then I I'm like, damn, bro. I think like, I had that shit like four years ago. Yo, this like my first, that was my first time getting it. So it hit me so crazy. I was in the bed dying. Damn. Yeah, my jersey up. Was, bro got damn. no boosters. <laughs> nah, yeah. Rib definitely ain't a he, he ain't with that shit. <laughs> he McDonald's niggas we McDonald's. <laughs> this week extra salt in the NBA. My this week in the NBA is Lloyd Markinen uh going to the military. He's gonna either report April seventeenth that time July. of the year, right? Yeah, for for the Finland military, he's gonna well, go they suck, and, so. you know do he what he does. There. But also, something more interesting is that Kevin Durant and Devin Booker have combined to score 200 points in the five games they've played together for the Suns. They are one of eight duels to score 290 points in their first five games as teammates, along with seven combinations of Wilt Chamberlain and company. Mm. They're nice, man. Undefeated. We're going we to get a Suns-Lakers round one. Lakers doing all that winning. Going to see the fucking Suns round one. I um, hope. <laughs> Mod this week in the NBA – Zion Williamson is not going to be in the play-in. He hasn't played basketball in what seems like fucking the entire season at this point, um, but obviously not playing the play-in. It doesn't feel like if they get past the play-in, if he's going to be ready for round one, if he's not going to be ready April 14th, 15th, I don't think he'll be ready April 17th, right? Um, so there's a good chance we've probably seen the last of Zion this season. It's a shame because when he's on the court, he's dominant, but he's just not on the court. So Pelicans, I mean, they gave him the bag, probably keep him, but the fact that he can't stay healthy is, is a big issue. He's played like three games in the year of 2023. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. So, Pierre, where, where do you one? stand on, on Zion? Would you, if you were the Pelicans, would you trade Zion? Uh, no. Because what are you going to get from him? I'm about – sorry, that's unprofessional for me to have this in my mouth. Um <laughs> I'm all about getting a bang for my buck. That's just how I am as a person. If I'm buying some candy, food, car, whatever, I'm trying to get the most out of my shit. So I feel like at this point, if you trade Zion, nobody's giving you no overwhelming thing. So at this point, you might as well try to figure out a game plan and get on a Kawhi Leonard type plan for this guy. Um, Because when he does play, this team is electrifying. They're dangerous and they're different. So if you can figure out something for him and get him on that pace – um, but I think you have to you have to go down every route and avenue you can to try to figure this out before you give up too prematurely. Because we see him with Embiid. Like if you look at early Embiid, it was like, oh man, could this guy ever be healthy? It's always something, but he's so good. But if like you figure it out and they get their shit together and they can find some way to be healthy, even if they're not playing eighty-two games a year, you know, if you can get Zion for fifty-five to sixty, this team is 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 dangerous, and you have. You have the recipe to have a team that can coexist and stay afloat without him being uh, consistently available throughout the years. Brandon Ingram can carry you for stretches. We see Trey Murphy as an emerging young star in the league. Dyson Daniels is going to take the same type of uh, jump or trajectory. You you have C.J. McCollum. Larry Nance is a good underrated name to have off of your bench. Josh Richardson. Um they have bodies and they have talent. Herb Jones, I didn't even mention Alvarado. It's about them staying healthy as a team. I think that was their problem. They're probably a lot better if they only was missing Zion. But the fact that you miss Ingram and Zion and Alvarado, it's just too much was going on for them. And I think they have to figure out that center position to a T 
because I love Big Val Valanchunas, but I don't know. It just don't really mesh with them. So, but I wouldn't trade him, man. I wouldn't trade him unless somebody was stupid enough to give me some crazy shit. Yeah, his value is in the gutter right now. Yeah. He's actually only played one game in 2023. My this week in the NBA, I never understood this by Orlando. The Magic made the right decision, taking Paulo Boncara number one. But Paulo found out 30 seconds before we did. I mean, up until the week of the draft, the Magic didn't really talk to him. And he even recently came out on the Knuckleheads podcast and said, hey, look, I didn't know it's going to be the first overall pick. And I was 90% sure the morning I woke up of the draft that I would be a Houston Rocket. What if... The Magic took Jabari Smith number one. I think as NBA fans, we'll be clowning them right now. If Paolo was a Jalen Green in Houston, and honestly, but the Magic being as competitive as they have been this year, it would be an absolute shakeup. What if Jabari was killing like Paolo and Paolo went on shit in Houston? That shit wasn't happening with the Magic's load <laughs> on that rookie. Jabari's not handling like that. So that shit's not happening. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I never understood that there was ever a conversation at all. Paolo Bencaro was about far the number one overall pick. This is including Chet. I don't give a fuck. This is including Chet. He was the number one overall pick. So I, I never understood. That's crazy. I didn't know that he found out 30 seconds before. That is, that's wild. That's Mike just Miller's his agent. He flips the phone to Paul. He's like, congratulations. And like, Paul is just reacting to it. And he sees Adam Silver going up at the same time. It's crazy. I don't have no this week in the NBA for the first time as a guest. I have to go. I there's nothing going on in the NBA. I've been so on my baseball shit that I just like this week in the MLB. This week in MLB, the White Sox suck. We <laughs> let the Giants put up football numbers on us. Yeah, we let the was, Pirates oh, yeah. go crazy today. There was uh all three of the X Mets hit a home run. Hit a home Bro, run. JD Davis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was, yeah. That was and uh Wilma Flores. Yeah. Flores facts. Yeah. I like Conforto. I used to want him to be a White Sox when he kind of didn't have nowhere to go coming off his injury. He didn't play at all last year. He yeah. Hurt, but he I was feel like we could have we could have used him, man. But now he hitting home. And he wasn't doing shit before this White Sox series. Now we done gave him a rhythm. He might be an all-star <laughs> if he played against us some more. Uh, I'll be hurt. <laughs> Riz. Yeah, I have one. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you just went thinking and shit. <laughs> yeah, no, I have one. Um, Chicago Bulls have officially got a spot in the plan, and uh, I'm not fucking excited at all. But we do have we do have a, a spot in the plan. Uh, Joel, you better also lost your bet. Yeah, ah, you lost your bet. That's a, that's a W for me. The Bulls are better than the Wizards. I told you Came that. Came down to the wire though. It, no, it did. It's really sad. Obviously. You thought it was going to be a clearing. What'd you guys put on that? A hundred. Um, you know what's funny about the stat? DeMar DeRozan, Vooch, and Zach have actually played the most minutes out of any trio in the NBA this year, and they are the 10th seed. You That's know what so I was bad. thinking about? I was thinking about how the Lakers are getting all this late season hype for their wins, but I mean, here come the Bulls. Probably just been Please as stop. good of a late season you team. Don't, you don't even believe Please that. Stop. Uh, I mean, come on. I mean, I, this, I beg team, of you this team was the a only top team, three you hate more team than the in the East. The Bulls. I mean, we're, we're not talking about the Patrick Beverly effect enough, man. We I don't mean, need to. The Bulls I promise you, we don't. Could, could do some damage, man. If they face a subsequent in the first round, listen, if they face a subsequent in the first round, I mean, that's, I don't know, Dallas. Who's really not playing in the Hawks in the. Yeah, it'd be the Hawks yeah. or Miami. I am rooting my it. ass off. First of all, no, no, no. We got to play Toronto first. We're going to whip their ass, yeah. and then we're going to beat the Hawks. Hey, and we'll be sure in the playoffs. Huh? Am I are sure you about sure that? Chicago's oh, going to Toronto? 
Yeah. I'm they match up well on defense. It's a bit off, let's be they have, honest. They have the worst half-court offense I've ever seen in my that's life. Got, you put that's OG got like on the road and you put Fred Van Vliet on your, your homeboy. Exactly. Zach's, been a, Zach's yeah, been a dog it's since January. It's going to be ugly. Zach's been a dog since January. Respect Zach's been a red season. You respect Dame, but you don't respect Zach. It's weird to me. Zach's winning more. Respect him. one of a kind. One of one of what 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 one of a kind uh loser <laughs> boy Dame writing raps <laughs> <He'd be Yeah. laughs> now I have some TikTok stuff some TikTok fun stuff to do John is gonna do some trivia with us that's gonna be fun but this is the first question I have to ask you guys who do you think is the most underrated Phoenix Suns player ever Sean Marion. That's a good one. Leandro Barbosa. Leandro Barbosa is a good one. Oh, you like want me to like elaborate on Sean Marion? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, Sean Marion was actually like an elite all NBA type defender. He was a great rebounder, solid shooter. He can score when he needed to, but he was kind of that glue guy, like that Draymond, like for another team. It's just kind of that guy that came in, did all the little things, the dirty work, the grunt work. While still being like he was an all-star caliber player, like Andre Iguodala was for Philly, but he chose like he he was able to take a back seat or heighten his seat if you needed him to. He asked you to anything you needed him to do, he'll do it. So I like Sean Marion for Phoenix, and even before Steve Nash got there, he was like a twenty-two and ten guy with elite defense. So Sean Marion was a dog. The player I'm going to go with is Goran Dragic. Ooh. I think Goran Dragic learned under Steve Nash. And then in the 13-14 season, he averaged 20 points per game, six assists. And that Suns team is one of the better Suns. One of the that Suns team is one of the better teams to never make the playoffs. They went 48 and 34 that year, and they finished yeah. as a ninth seed. I mean, this year that gets you in the in the playoffs as a lock. That's, that's what we needed to play in. That's literally this year's Sacramento Kings, and they missed the playoffs. Missed the playoffs. Mm. And you know who was their coach? Jeff Hornacek. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I was man. just about to name him. I was like, man, it was it him. But that team was good, man. It was Goran Dragic. You had PJ Tucker there. Jail Green. Mm-hmm. They, they were a really fun team to watch. Man, this is a great Thunder. question. We've got two sons. I don't want to steal the thunder of both players. The first guy I think of is Kevin Johnson because in the 90s, the point guard position was a little bit weaker. I feel like KJ was just walking 20 and 10. Mm-hmm. And he was not one of the best shooters by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but I mean, Nine assists for his career. We don't talk about Kevin Johnson as one of the most underappreciated point guards of all time. And I remember back when he was in Cleveland, he was backing up, um, what's his face? Mark Price. That was two all-star point guards. Then he got moved to Phoenix for Larry Nance. So that was a really important wrinkle of Suns history. I'll go what with about- uh, Raja Bell. Raja Bell, Ooh. those mid-2000 teams, you know what I mean, with Steve Nash, Amari, those guys, three-point sniper back in the day. So He's against Kobe. Kobe. I hated him because of that. I hated him. <laughs> I, I like Roger Bell, but I hated him as a young Kobe fan. I used to be like, this motherfucker. But I love the seven seconds of less sun, so I, I, I get it, man. I, I, think, it. I think one more guy that doesn't get enough credit just in NBA history or, like, just in the power forward conversation, Amari Steinemeyer for Phoenix. You know, I think – I thought when, about him. Yeah, when we yeah. talk about, like, Chris Webber and Pau Gasol, like, the big man, we always seem to forget Amari Steinemeyer was a dog. Like, MVP yeah. candidate. Yeah, and when he went to New York that first year, he had that shit dreaming. They was yeah, like, yo. He did. Him and Raymond Felwin, he was going crazy. Melo about to come. It's about to be a dream. Until he got hurt, unfortunately, but Stoudemire was a dog. 
Underrated son too that came to my mind. Jason Kidd, blonde hair Jason Kidd. They was mm. going to the playoffs, him and Penny Hardaway. Is that what he won co-rookie of the year with Grant Hill? Was that no, 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 no. That's that was with the Mavericks. Oh, okay. That was with the Mavericks. Yeah. And the last him and Nash got traded for each other. Thunder Dan, Dan Marley, one of the best two-way players in the 90s. We made two all defensive teams, one of the best years of the decade. We don't remember him, but he was one of those dudes in the 90s. This is weak. The Suns have a lot of great players that kind of like flourish in different places. Like Sean Marion won a finals with the Mavericks. Mm-hmm. Then you have Joe Johnson, who became an all-star level player with the Hawks. And he's somebody the Suns probably should have kept. Yeah, they, they have a lot of good players. And seven seconds or less era was definitely interesting. Leandro Barbosa won six men of the year in 2006. Barbosa, man. Yeah. He was a big force in that us uh, that Mike D'Antoni offense. Uh, Quinn Richardson, threes. Jason um, Richardson, we can't forget about Jason. He was a little old, but yeah, Jason Richardson. Yeah, he was a sniper when he got there. Channing Fry, Shaq. Remember when Shaq went there with that that team? <laughs> that big ass. That was when Shaq was fat. Washed not Shaq. Shaq. Yeah, that yeah, was big fat Shaq. Shaq. Yeah. Uh, now, Stephon John. Marbury. Yeah. Stephon Marbury. Yeah. Well, they got uh They traded. Remember Steve when Nash. they had uh Marcin Gortat for a little bit? Yep. At Gortat Nash. Yep. Mm-hmm. Robin Lopez was solid for them. Yeah, they had a lot of good players. We actually, how did Stefan Marbury get to the, the Suns? He didn't get drafted there? No, no he, he got, got drafted, drafted to Minnesota. the Timberwolves. It must have been a trade. I don't know. He he requested his trade, and he got traded to New Jersey? Or did he get traded? Oh, to- yeah. It might have been he got traded to New Jersey, and then the Nets traded him to the Suns for Jason Kidd. Boom. It might have been like that. Yeah. There we Voila. go. That's Voila. So, John, you have some Whoa. trivia for us. No, we cannot move on. This comment, shout out to him. Boris Diaw, we are petty as hell. Oh, Boris shit. Diaw. No, Boris okay. Diaw, good call. Yeah. One of those guys, for real. Boris Diaw, yeah. He's like Somebody also said him. Joe Johnson. We can't forget about Joe Johnson. They, he, said Joe, he said Joe Johnson. Yeah, I said Joe Johnson. Oh. Me. Come on, Riff. <laughs> My bad. All right. <laughs> now, nah, Boris Diaw, he's Boris legendary. Diaw. Yeah. Boris, funny as hell. He was so big, but he moved so quick. (laughs) Yo, he would have, if he played in this, he would have definitely signed with the Golden State Warriors. Oh, yeah. That's his game right there. Yeah. Like that. He would have been a Warrior. Either them or the Spurs again. Facts. Just like that. So, John, you have this trivia for us. I do. We're talking about Phoenix Suns before. Now we've got Chris Paul. Chris Paul's 11,000 assists for his career. Can you guys name the top five players he has assisted the most through 18? 17 teams. So what we DeAndre Jordan. Blake Griffin. DeAndre is Jordan Blake. would be number four. Blake Griffin. Blake. Blake Griffin is number one. I'm going with David West. He asked. David West is number two. JJ Reddick. JJ is number three. Now we have number four. I'm so good at what I do. Devin Booker. Tyson Chandler. Devin Booker is number nine. Tyson Chandler is number seven. This Wait, is we got, athletic, by the way, we got one spot left. We have number five left. And number De- six. DeAndre in. DeAndre in is not. In the top yeah, 10. James Poise. Nope. Damn. Peja Sajakovic. Oh, that's a good one. Stoyakovic is number five. That's a good one. That's uh, a good one. There we go. There we go. Hey, watch out for my boy, uh, Andrea Stoyakovic. Going to stay oh. for next year. McDonald's yeah. American. That's my no, dog. He, yeah, he won it once. Yeah. So, recap. Recap the top five, John. Who's the top five? The five. So, the five players CP is. So, the five players Chris Paul has assisted the most in his career. Number one, Blake. Two, David West. Three, J.J. Redick. Four, DeAndre Jordan. And number five, Peja Stoyakovic. And Chandler's number seven. Yo, PB. Is Capella top ten? He is not. Oh, wow. 
People, you know what I was thinking about that? Like Andre going to Stanford. Because I, I sometimes I hate when five stars go to schools to be the guy, right? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes when they go do that, it kind of opens up their flaws more. Yes. And then they lose that type of top 10, top 15 love. I, really wish, I wish he would have went somewhere where he could have played with other great players. That kind of helps you get better prepared for the league. Him going to Stanford. I mean, I, I ain't really been paying attention to Stanford too much. I don't know if they're going to be that good, but. I hope he still stays hovering and where he's gonna be at. Me too, bro. That's the con. That's definitely the the con and the the downside. But if Stanford is good and it's because yep. of him, perfect. No, we're good. We're good. He wanted he, he wanted my guy, so we good. But I hope. I really <laughs> no, know. yeah, I, I I feel you on that. That's a fact. That's a fact. That's a fact. Moving on to all defensive team selections, I'm gonna rattle off my first team. Drew Holiday, I think, has to make it. I think it's probably going to be consensus for all of us. I have Dylan Brooks on here as my guard. Then my forwards are Draymond Green, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Brooke Lopez. For my wow. second team, I have Alex Caruso, Derek White, Jaden McDaniels, Evan Mobley, and Bam Adebayo. Mm. Okay, I like that. So you, you mm. put forwards as guards. For for Dylan Brooks in the first team, you did that. Brooks is a guard. Okay, cool. That's cool. Um, so for my first team, I got Caruso, mm -hmm. I got Drew Holiday, mm -hmm. I got Mobley, mm -hmm. I got Jackson, and I got mm -hmm. Brooke Lopez. Boom. Just for like my that. for my second team, I put DeAnthony Melton up there. Mm. I put OG. I got Jaden McDaniels. I got Dylan Brooks, and then I got Bam Adebayo. So is OG a guard or for? I got him as a guard for mine. Interesting little tidbit. OG can only be classified as a forward. Oh, so I got him as a forward on my information. I got him as a forward. Damn, OG. For me, it was between him and McDaniel's, and I'm not gonna. Yeah, go no, McDaniel's ain't coming off. Yeah, and spent half of his time at shooting guard, more than any other position. Where's that coming from? Screaming. Thank you, John. <laughs> no, because Dylan Brooks has actually spent 20% of his minutes. At he four, might have heard right? no drawn. 20% at shooting so OG guard. OG's back in my guard. So OG good. is classified in our book. He spent the most time with the two. Man, hold on. Let, let's get let's let's get a let, let's get this casual <laughs> on the stage with you. <laughs> has Joel ever been right on an NBA playoff prediction? Well, last year I was what wrong we, on three on, on three first round playoff <laughs> predictions. I was wrong on after this the second round forward. I was right on every single playoff series this past playoffs that happened. So let's just let's just get some respect right, to bro. the man. Come All on, defensive man. team. Here we go. Um, and acknowledge me. I'm like Rome, I'm like Roman Reigns, man. Acknowledge me. What was they talking about, man? Riv, my first team was, I think, identical. You had Drew Caruso, right? Yeah. And I had Mobley, Jaron Jackson, Brooke, my forward yep. and center. My second team, a little bit different. I have Derek White. I have Brooks listed as a guard. McDaniels and Draymond forward. And I, I have Claxton center. I was between him and Bam for that, that last spot. Yeah. Listen, I wanted me, to, it, was, I wanted, it was tough. Not I wanted to put Draymond up there. It's just like I know they're gonna put a big emphasis on the fact that they're 18th ranked defense in the league. Mm -hmm. And even though Draymond's been elite, I know that the impact on what you do for your team defensively plays a big part. So I know they're gonna put a lot, even though it's been the bench's fault. Like defensively, the starting five is top five in the league. Yeah. But they're gonna put emphasis on that. So my first team is the exact same as y'all. Drew Holiday, Caruso, Mobley, Jackson, Lopez. My second team is Derek White. I put Herb Jones on there because, number one, I needed a guard. So, hopefully, he's classified as a guard because it's a good one. Um, and they got a what, top six defense. 
Um, I didn't put Draymond on there for what Riv said as much as I wanted to. So my fours are OG and McDaniels. I didn't have to pick between one of them. I got both of them. And then for the center spot, I went with Anthony Davis over Claxton and Bam. Bam just not having it to me. I really feel guilty, though, not having Claxton on there. Mm-hmm. But I had to give it to Anthony Davis because the Lakers got a better defense. It's been more, you know, it's, it's been timely, and it be, it's because of him. And I think Nicholas Claxton, he, he'll be on there. Um, they should be a much better defense. We need a third team. The Claxton like one definitely one. hurt me. You know, you know, doing these all defensive teams, it kind of dawned upon me that you know the league is not filled with just like these one-way offensive players. Like, there's a lot of great defenders in the NBA right now. Yeah. It's yeah. a lot of great ones. And Claxton is somebody that I wish I could have had on there. If this was midseason, he would have definitely been on there. But like you said, like Anthony Davis, I was considering putting on my defensive team because he just meant so much to them this year. And I will say Dylan Brooks, I think he's starting to get underrated a little bit. I do. I, I think that people just look at Dylan Brooks and his antics and how he's become this villain. And they totally disregard what he does well on the court. I understand the shot selection offensively is not good, but defensively he is a top five perimeter defender in the world right now. And he makes the Grizzlies defense very good along with Jaron Jackson Jr. He makes them elite. And for whatever people want to say about him, I think that the heart and soul and like the trash talking factor definitely gives the Grizzlies an edge. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Would you rather have him or McDaniels? As a, I, strictly as just the def- defenders, by the way. Strictly as a defender. I feel like McDaniels is longer. It might have more That's tough. versatility there. I'll be honest. Right now, I would slightly lean Dylan Brooks because I think he has more strength to him. But I he think is. if McDaniels yeah. adds more strength to him and his frame, the wingspan. Yeah, his wingspan is crazy. Yeah, I that's why him. I would lean because he could put on the weight. Brooks isn't going to fucking grow three four inches. But this is an interesting stat from Dylan Brooks. He's top five in opponent difficulty matchup percentage, and he holds him to the lowest field goal percentage of any defender, qualifying defender. Would you rather have Brooks or OG? I'd rather have Brooks. None of you guys – did any of you consider Giannis? Oh, no, unfortunately not. I actually, actually no. respect to Giannis, but there's like three, four names even after these ten guys that I would have before Giannis. Like Giannis, Claxton, is, um, I, he's written down, but he's not. When Claxton, I, I would have put before Giannis. I don't know about that. The way the Nets defense. Well, what, what's the reason? Is it because of the other defenders on his team? Is it his I impact? Think, I think Claxton has Claxton has more responsibilities. He's well, Claxton's in, a five. He's better Giannis in switches. He's better in switches than Giannis. Uh, he's better guarding the perimeter than Giannis. Yeah, your, Rev, they're not in the same category. Yeah, Claxton's a five. Can Giannis be a forward? Both the four and five? He's not going to be a center. No, I don't think he's not eligible for the five. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, they do, they, this shit's so stupid. I don't listen. <laughs> they do this shit all done every year. I just, you, you a big, you a big. You know what I'm saying? This is what should be positionless, by the way. Yeah, I feel like, like, because we have. But then it would be five, it would be five fours. But that's the thing. Pierre. Or Pete, this is the issue. No, my name is Pierre. My name is Pierre. <laughs> I didn't forget. The old defensive teams are going to really be shifted toward guards, but defensive bigs are more valuable. So my team, Alex Cruz, so the Bulls are a top five defense this year. I got to give him a bulk of the credit. OG Anobi leads the league in steals. I have Jaron and Evan Mobley at my forwards, then Brooke Lopez at center. It gets tough. Second team, 
I have Dennis Smith Jr. because this Warren's defense Whoa. past the All-Star break. What the top fuck? five. DS, DSJ <laughs> has not only saved his career, he's become an elite defensive guard. And if we're going to talk about guards that have just been on like it. terror on that side of the ball this year, he deserves some credit. Fuck the second guard side is where it gets a little bit tricky because Marcus Bart's not been the same player he was last year. No, he hasn't. And that's fine. Drew Holiday, he usually gears up for the playoffs, and I get that. Two guys who have been in the finals before. So I was torn between Emmanuel Quickly and Markel Fultz. And I go back and forth, and I ultimately go with Derek White. Best shot blocking guard in the NBA. <laughs> How the He's hell you mentioned two guys go, and not even go at either of them? Because he knows ball. That's why. John, he, he that, was like, that was like saying, listen, it's between him beating Jokic, but I'm going to go Giannis. <laughs> yeah, John, um, quick question. You, do you think big defensive bigs are more valuable than guards in the playoffs or in the regular season? Because I think in the playoffs, a lot of defensive bigs cannot guard pick and rolls and they, cannot, they can't guard switches, which makes guards and forwards way more valuable in switches and abilities to be a, a POA defender. So do you think – are you just talking about specifically the regular season or the playoffs? I'm talking about both. Because on this list, the only player that you can really point that out to being mm-hmm. more you know, drop-back, big-dependent is Joel Embiid. Oh. You know, and Brooke Lopez, yeah. too. Brooke Lopez, too. But – Evan Mobley, Jaron Jackson. Right. I have Bam off. He'd be on my third team. And then you have Claxton, Giannis, and Draymond. All of those guys can defend on an elite level in the perimeter. So you're speaking yeah. more towards the versatile bigs, like the bigs that can not like the old school drop back, yeah. defend the rim type bigs. Even then, I still put more value on the rim protection in most cases. Like, would I rather have Gina McDaniels or Joel Embiid? I think I'd rather have Joel Embiid's rim protection than Gina McDaniels, well, even if McDaniels has done a better job in his role. I think, but I think if you put a a, a mid rim protector next to Jaden McDaniels, it's fine. But if you put a mid defending guard next to Brooke Lopez, he looks a lot different. We did see that with Rudy, the Jazz, because, and the Bucks do have the luxury of when Drew Holiday's out, yeah. Javon Carter's in. Yeah, like Drew Holiday, he covers up so much of Giannis and Lopez's sometimes errors. But like like you said in Utah, Rudy Gobert can mask all that for a regular season, but in the playoffs. That's when it's like, okay, I re- actually don't have the help I thought I did. Have. With the Rudy thing, I don't even blame Rudy for the playoff stuff because nah, the, nah, Jazz, nah. the Jazz wouldn't rotate. You know, like simple stuff like that's on the perimeter, guys. And so I understand where you're coming from, but even if a guy like Rudy Gobert can't switch and he's not versatile, I still yeah. think he because this is a regular season thing, the voting. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm with so, you on that. I think the bigs, this is where it really should be positionless. And that may sound unfair, but hey, if you're truly one of the 10 best defenders in the league, I think you deserve to be on this list. No, Emmanuel Quickly is a good guard defender, but I can't in right conscious put Emmanuel Quickly over Bam Adebayo, but I I would consider doing that here. No, I'm with you. you. I agree with being a top 10, but I think when you look at how people gauge defense by all these metrics and numbers, it's always going to be in the favor of the center. I also think a lot of the defense, when you come to, st- to statistical, damn, I couldn't get that out. Um, tracking, a lot of it is for a center. You can't, they don't, re- there's not really a stat. There's a, there, there's, advanced, there's a stat for every fucking thing, but there's no stat that anybody is valuing. How many fucking screens has Drew Holiday went over or avoided this year? You can't tell me off the top of your head, but you could probably tell me how many blocks Walker Kessler blocks. Because it's just like, you know what I mean? So it's like, I understand rim protection and the bigs, and it is important. But when I was on this list, there's not enough guard defenders. Guards got to step it up. Or we have to start acknowledging the guards who do defend because it's so hard to do because so many guys are getting buckets. Guy, if you are a guard in this league and you defend on a night-by-night basis, you are defending Shea, Dame, Steph, 
fucking uh, an yeah. off night is supposed to be Kay Cunningham. That's that's like a that's a light night for you. It's Kay Cunningham or Zach Levine is a light night. Oh, if no. you're a big, you sometimes got Rudy. You got Mitchell Robinson, Dwight Powell, um, Walker <laughs> Kessler. You know what I'm saying? Nicholas Nicholas Claxton. You you know like th- so. I, that's why I'd be like, man, these guards they need a little bit. They they need a little bit more love. And when we talk about a perimeter centric game. Perimeter defense, perimeter century, it go hand in hand. I, I'm not trying to devalue the bigs, though. I'm not. I, I love my defenses to be anchored by good defensive bigs. I think the more the game goes forward, I, I love a little Swiss Army knife forward. I love a Draymond Green type defender. I love a Kyle Anderson. I love an Evan Mobley. Um, but you definitely, you definitely got to have an anchor. But the guards need some love, man. Guards need some love. Kyle Anderson definitely needs some love in the defensive team uh, appreciation. Because he's been phenomenal for the Wolves this year. He's been a great signing, but Draymond Green, interesting set. And to, to your Alex Caruso point, he is accountable for 36% of the Bulls' steals this year. That's OD. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Draymond Green, the Warriors have the best defense when he plays. They allow six more points per possession when he's off the court. And as the closest defender, Draymond is contesting 12 and a half shots per game. And he holds opponents to 44% EFG, which ranks first out of 310 players who've contested at least 250 shots. I got to say something to somebody in the comments real quick. I'm not saying that Zach Levine is an an easy night. I'm saying in comparison, if you have to guard Luka, then Tatum, then fucking... Um, Mitchell, LeBron, Donovan Mitchell, yeah, Devin Booker. Shit, by the time you get to Zach, that's that's the point. He's supposed to be your easy night. Like, like, what are we saying? But go ahead. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. And, yeah, there's just a lot of talent in the league right now. And you're definitely right in the fact that there aren't enough stats, I think, defensively that favor guards. Sometimes there'll be somebody that slips in. Like, for example, Caruso, he's second in defensive blocks, box plus minus this year as a guard. And that's why he probably should be first team I put on my second team. And the Bulls allow seven more points per 100 possessions when he's off the floor. So their defense is literally like mediocre to ass when he's not on the floor. So yeah, those are just some stats, but yeah. Not to mention like the communication on defense you can't track. You can't track guys putting guys in other directions. Like the shit Draymond does, especially in the clutch when he's a rim protector and telling guys to go here, communicating here. Like you can't track. The way he changes the game with his mouth. As some no, people yeah, say. no, for real. Like, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. you can't track that shit. Like that shit isn't trackable, you know? So it's like Defense, especially for guards in this type of era where it's so hard to stop these perimeter <laughs> players, fight over the screens, you know, the, the whistle is a little bit easier for offensive players. So for guards, I think they should get a little bit more of the edge because it's like it's just so difficult for them. Like it, refs don't make it easy for the media, but Caruso's the best defender in the league. He's pushing that agenda. Uh, shout out to my boy, Baldy. He be doing his thing for real. Give me Evan Mobley. Evaluating defense is a lot like evaluating offensive line. Such a year-to-year thing that reputation goes a long way, and that can really misevaluate. But also, I'll say this to your point, John, about OG and the steals that he has. I'm not trying to knock OG. He's he's an elite defender. (laughs) The same way some scores' numbers might be inflated depending on the offensive system they're in, the defensive system the Raptors deploy is very aggressive. To Correct. where I think if another player is in that same defensive scheme, they probably have similar steal numbers. 
He was leading the yeah, league. Gary Trent was making the point, Gary okay. Trent was a steal uh, hawker for them. Steph I'm not going to D up, but I'm going to get the steal. Yeah, they they like bro. They 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 press OD. They press probably more than any team. He's just probably the best isolation wing defender in the game. No, nah, Dylan Brooks is better. Yeah, but he's a little more foul prone. Oh, you just said yeah. No, that, that's in a conversation right there, John. <laughs> <Don't think laughs> he's, he's no OJ Nobi offense. Oh, Pierre. Yeah, I'm calling Pierre now. Okay, so last week, Joel took Dylan Brooks over OJ yeah. and Obi. And would you rather? What do you think about that? It's probably some. Did he, what was the reason behind it? The heart and soul edge it factor. I knew it was going to be something with this new wave of Dylan Brooks being in your face <laughs> more. I'm going OG, though. I'm going OG. Because I think if you take the antics away, you probably don't even really give a fuck that he exists. Are you taking 2018 P.J. Tucker or OG right now? Why is it always a P.J. Tucker? Wait, what happened to Celtics references? Okay. It really, but yeah, Celtic is be. better than fucking P.J. That was crazy. Give me OG, man. I, I need a motherfucker who can play, play 38 minutes and not end up with two points. <laughs> or zero. Or zero. <laughs> two is a good night. The 76ers, when PJ scores zero points, is act, the record's actually very, very good. Yeah, it may. It's, I mean, that's speaks for itself. <laughs> Listen, I think that. Tucker, he, bro, there's just there's, certain players have a certain intangible to them. And while OG, listen, he's a good player. I don't know if he has that intangible to him. He's not. He's not no PJ Tucker. Is where you're trying to be quiet. That's why PJ Tucker is just a different animal. It's because OG don't yell. He don't scream. I think. I think PJ Tucker set the foundation for corner three and D specialists. He set the foundation. I think he just changed the game in that aspect. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I think when you think about corner threes and defending at a high level, like the poster child for me is PJ Tucker. Yeah, well, I'll be honest. Fact. Nobody's gonna nobody. Twenty years from now, nobody's gonna think about corner threes and who changed. Yeah, I, I I think you gotta. I think it's starting to expand. You you have to kind of be three and D for a long time. We've been letting people get away with that. It's a lot of three and D guys who ain't got a three. Yeah, sitting yeah. in that corner <laughs> shooting that weak ass three. Shooting thirty two percent. On to a three and D specialist. <laughs> on to the last segment of the podcast are all rookie selections. My first team. Jaden Ivey, Jalen Williams, Paolo Boncaro, Keegan Murray, and Walker Kessler. I have a feeling all of us have the same one. Nope. Who's in your first team? Benedict Matherin. Over who? Over Jaden Jaden Ivey. Ah. I don't like that at all. Jaden Ivey in my second team. Oh, I don't like that, but I'll let it fly. Why are you smacking What's what's the reasoning? What's the reasoning? Uh. I think Ivey, wouldn't you say Ivey's been given more responsibility once Cade went down? Yeah, I mean, they you, can ask, you can say. And his, I mean, his second half has probably Pacers been a lot, great. a lot more better than the fucking uh, than Matherin's. Matherin had to start. Jaden Ivey's having a stronger finish. I just like the fact that Matherin has kind of done it. He's had his 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 stinkers for sure, but he's kind of done it consistently. And I think he kind of he kind of dropped off and kind of got to an even plateau. But when Benedict Matherin was striving. Oh yeah, he was a like he was a six man of the year favorite. Oh yeah, he was first few months of the season for sure. He's the only person that really gave Paulo a real run for his money on this award. I mean, a lot of people got bored with it, and at the end, they tried to throw Jalen Williams in there. But Benedict Mathen was doing his thing, and Tyrese Halliburton missed some time and whatnot. I'm not mad at y'all for having Ivy, um, but I got Benedict Mathen. My second team is Andrew Nemhard. Yes, Shaden Sharp. Ooh. Benedict Matherin, I, Shaden Sharp, I will say, was the hardest one because 
AJ Griffin has a solid case. Malachi Branham, too. I have Jeremy Sohan at the forward spot and then Jalen Duran at the center spot. Mm. Man, I swear no, that no one love. game versus the Warriors on December 6th got Andrew Nemhard that, that night. <laughs> <laughs> no love for Jamar, Jabari Smith's improvement these last two oh months. I got Jabari. I, I put I, Jabari Jabari's on my second team, too. Yeah. Listen, he made a late season surge, but I think just like the first 75% of his season was just horrible. And yeah, I, I just on the Rockets. I, mean, I think like, I mean yeah. Jeremy, Jeremy Sohan was he gets good though. Pass. I have like, so, Jeremy I have Sohan Mathur, was good. Sharp Sohan Jabari and Duran. I'm on. So I think I might be missing them hard. That is what you have. Oh, so you, you know, don't have Sharp. I don't have Sharp. I have Sharp. I have Sharp. I don't have Nemhard. Bless you. Well, sneezed. Yeah, bless you. <laughs> Thanks. I got Nem- I got Nemhard. I got Nemhard Ivy. Somebody I got that I haven't heard y'all say at all. I got Tari Eason. He's a sleeper. I go. love I would take more Jabari. And I got I got Tari Eason and Jabari and Duran. I left out. It was tough for me to do, and it's probably I'm probably get a lot of criticism for. But Sohan didn't make it. He should though. He really, 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 really should. He's good. Anybody that's taking him over Jabari or Tari, I ain't got no problem with. But I had to. I wanted to give Jabari some love because yeah, he does play for the fucking Rockets. I think his rookie season has been like kind of. Like they've they've beaten it over. Like what do they say? You've beaten a dead horse, or like, it's just been head, like, yeah. yeah, it's just like, yeah, it's been bad. But it's like he has improved. He his season is a lot better than it gets talked about because it was he started off so so slow. And being being with the Rockets don't help, man. Being with the Rockets don't help. Um, you get, you I get have like a forty game pass. <laughs> Ex- yes, forty games. For crazy. <laughs> My, I think all of us had the same first team. Oh uh, no, we actually did it because. P P we want to do I'm weird shit. Friend. Yeah, all right. So um I got Ivy, I got J Dub, I got Keegan, I got Boncaro, I got Kessler. My second team, you disrespect me, Pee because I actually had Tari Eason on my second okay, team. My guy. I had AJ Griffin, I had Sohan, Matherin, I got Jalen Duran on my second team. No sharp. Mm, no sharp he, or Jabari. Yeah, sharp. He just it's not even because he's not good. He just ain't like he just started playing. So I, I couldn't put him up there. Yeah, but those are my five. His highs, though. His highs Trevor's are highs. No. no, he doesn't. His highs is nuts. And that's what that's why I understand the, the, that's why I understand the Matherin over Ivy because Matherin's highs is better than Ivy's by far. So I understand that to a degree. But sharp. So if we if this was positionless, does Mark Williams make it? He played 600 minutes this year now. Yeah. He John, really I don't know after the <laughs> – Jared Jackson played 1,700 minutes. That's what he's been doing on them shout-outs because he realized he came in here and he did a little bit too much research. (laughs) He's like, fuck that. I'm going to make this work idea worth it. Now, I was doing some research because I was torn between for second team, the absolute thriller, uh, AJ Griffin or Shane Sharp, but Shane's played 1,700 minutes to Griffin's 1,300. I thought they had similar seasons. My second team was... Benick Matherin, Tari Eason, Sheenan, Jeremy Shohan, and Jalen Dern. I like that a lot. Okay. I think Tari Eason is somebody Jabari. that uh, I know Jabari Smith Jr. was a higher pick, but Tari Eason could end up being better than him. No, that, yeah, it's looking like it. They ain't looking too bright for that boy over there. But Jabari honestly, Smith. Jabari, he's taking more of a role of a leader. I think we'll be fine. Yeah, Jabari, so. Jabari had open jump shots all year. He did. He's starting to hit them. How many 19 game wins? Congrats. I mean, ready made for three. He started hitting them in uh, February. Yeah, finally yeah. figured out. Finally figured 40, out how to 40, shoot. 40 game right. pass. Yeah. Oh man, this what was definitely here? the easiest one. I think the all rookie team was definitely the easiest one to do. 
first it's just year, not yeah. many rookies Second that team. was really like competing for these spots to be honest. And you don't yeah. feel bad leaving a rookie off. He'd be all right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's got, he's he's fucking years ahead of him. Oh, he's a rookie team. Fuck a rookie team. So that's going to do it for this episode 270 of the Pick Aside podcast. Want to thank you, Pierre, for being on the show. You know that you're always welcome on Pick Aside. It's always a blast when yeah. you're on. Appreciate y'all having me. Y'all know y'all like family. Anytime y'all need me, hit me up. Good end of the season with y'all, man. Yeah, hey, shout out to y'all too. Y'all help me get my work done early because I'm about to take this same <laughs> shit to tomorrow's podcast and say the same exact shit. I but I'm gonna be in that motherfucker like he only played 1700 minutes. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Don't worry about it. Like, how you know that? I'm gonna be like, Shh, I did my research. John's gonna send you the notes. Hey, yo, just check B ball reference. They'll, they'll give you the data. Shout out to my boy John, <laughs> man. So you guys can find us on Twitter at Pick Aside Pod on Instagram and TikTok at Pick Aside Podcast. Thank you guys for listening and or watching, and we'll see you next time. This is Colin Kelly from the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast Network. In case you didn't know, the show you are listening to right now, as well as my show, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if they worked together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. And over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised over $10 million to expand their team podcast network and business operations now they are raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. It's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be a part of a growing startup. You can invest as little as $100. In other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. BlueWire is raising money to expand their sales team and improve operations, which in turn will help this show continue to grow. If you would like to be part of the BlueWire Invest round or want to find out more information go to wefunder.com forward slash blue wire